And welcome in. It is Jobbing Out episode number, oh God, what is this, 37? Is it 37? Really? Holy smokes. Glenn Clark. Glenn Clark Radio. Aaron Oster of the Baltimore Sun and the Rolling Stone. We go around the world of professional wrestling. And of course, when life gives us booty, we make booty aid. Now, what I was trying to figure out, and I never got the response from, uh, from Big E, which made me very upset when I was writing my article. Was I never found out, is that booty aid, like Gatorade, A-D-E, or is it like booty aid, like a Band-Aid, A-I-D? Well, I, presuming it, it was a play on when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade, then it would be booty aid, like Gatorade or like lemonade. Well, that that's saying that it's like that. It wouldn't shock but, me if Big E was referring to he wants to aid the booty. I mean, I appreciate where your head's at, but I think you're overthinking this one just slightly. Um, I think in general, the way that they use the term booty uh, is not the way that you would want it to be aided. Their version of booty is a negative connotation on the word booty, whereas what you're well, referring he, he to seems is to a be much using, more positive connotation. Th- this is true, though they do seem to use it both no, ways. No, they describe things as booty. They'll say you're when they when they label. Um, the Usos as booty, they're not saying it because they genuinely appreciate their figure. They're well, saying it. I mean, look, look at who the Usos' dad is. So maybe they he are. Does have t- quite the booty. And look at uh, who one of the Usos is married to, who also has a lovely, lovely so booty. How do you Again, know? <laughs> not how Big E is using it. And you know it, Aaron. Why are we continuing this ar- argument? Because it's a great thing to talk about. Because anything involving the New Day is great to talk about. And Dude, that is thing, why. The best thing about what they did on Monday night, by the way, was when um, uh, he said, yeah, like my pappy used to say, and I believe it was Xavier who said back, right, pappy E. Yes, yeah, I, that was... God, I beat myself. So good. It was So wonderful. good. All right, uh, coming up in today's show, or this week's show, boy, this, we've had a lot, way too much of this guy of late. Uh, our main event, AJ Francis, now of the Seattle. I was going to say, not Miami Dolphins right. defensive lineman anymore. Now of the Seattle Seahawks, he will join the show to uh, help us preview Survivor Series coming up on Sunday. We'll do that in segment number two. In segment number three, as always, our quick count and uh, also our top five list for the week. The show is brought to you each and every week by our friends at WrestleCrate. The absolute best care package you could ever possibly receive as a professional wrestling fan. It shows up at your door every month, chock full of professional wrestling goodies. The things that you would want. T-shirts from, oh, you know, Barbershop Window from ProWrestlingTees.com that would cost you $20 alone, but you get them as part of your wrestle crate. And the subscription starts at just $15 a month. That math works for me. It's like choosing whether or not you want to pay $9.99 for a monthly subscription to the WWE Network or pay $54.99 for a pay-per-view. I know which one is better. That's why I choose WrestleCrate. Also, it throws in DVDs, autographed items, things along those lines. Anything you could possibly want, they've got it in your WrestleCrate. Go to WrestleCrate.com right now. Put in the code JOSENTME. Take 10% off your monthly subscription fee. It's J-O-J-O-SENTME. And you'll get that 10% off discount. All right. By the way, d- b- before we move on, you saying uh, the 9.99 that little spiel reminded yes. me. Uh, what, what did you think of Byron Sackton's little uh, 9.99 dance he did at the desk on Raw? It was over the top. It was over the top. But it had been a little while since we had gone down that road. It's funny. You and I went to see uh, Maryland Championship Wrestling this past Saturday night in Joppa, and they are introducing their own version of the WWE Network. The, Just 4.99. 
the MCW Rage TV on demand. If you want it, come get it. Maryland Championship Wrestling Network on demand network, I believe is what they're calling it. Something there. like that. And, uh, yeah, their price was $4.99. And it was funny because, uh, it was the guy's name, Danny, Danny Mays, the ring announcer, I believe, who, who had a rough night, by the way. It was a tough <laughs> night for Danny. But at one point during the night was attempting to try to do something similar to what the WWE used to do. And it just was not sticking. It's, the, the fact that WWE was able to turn this into something that fans would gleefully chant back at them is remarkable, but they went away from it, which I thought was a little bit silly. Uh, well, they went they completely over the top with it. But that, that was the okay. problem. It got you over. It's like the Letterman thing. Sometimes it, you have to go completely over were, the top to make it were, go over. Were you there when I saw the guy who actually was wearing the 999 shirt? Yeah, we were, I don't remember what show it was, but we that, were there. That was amazing. Oh, I, I can't Somebody, believe someone paid money for that. How much do you think they charge for the 999 t-shirt? Well, they probably started at twenty four ninety nine and realized no one was going to bite and quickly put that on clearance. That's uh, my uh, guess. God, yeah, no, no, no. I, you can get the WWE Network for I believe it's seven forty two is what that costs a month, and uh, you can pick that up. All right. Um, so a really odd way to close the show on Monday night for the go home show ahead of Survivor Series. And they do the WWE Divas Championship contract signing with Paige and Charlotte. They attempt to build it up during the course of the show by showing us all of the many storied moments in the Paige-Charlotte rivalry, which I believe has lasted for all of 37 days. So I think that a lot of people are kind of taken aback by it, but at the same time, you kind of love the idea that, hey, they figured out that if they do this right, we'll be into the women's portion of the card. We've been into it since they got rid of the godforsaken team concept. We kind of like it. I wasn't opposed to it necessarily, but it took a really strange turn. It was a very odd turn. First of all, I want to address the fact that it was in the main event, and people were wondering, you know, you have this big Reigns-Cesaro match. How is that not the main event? Well, it goes back to what we've been yeah, talking about. Football and it was perfectly done by them it was perfectly timed it ran into the third quarter i can guarantee you know the ratings aren't out yet but i bet you fewer people switched over from raw as monday night football came back than it did the past a uh, few weeks granted it helps that monday night football wasn't a particularly great matchup but it was it was a very well done thing i personally probably would have just held back amber ziggler and made that the main event but this worked the odd part was as you said the content of it charlotte is having a little bit, I feel, a little bit of trouble adjusting to the big monologues, the going in front of the crowd. Well, hang on, there's a lot, there's more than that though, right? There's still a lot here, which is that they suddenly decided not long ago that Paige was supposed to be a heel, but they never really did the work to make her a heel until now. And here's, so here's the thing. They, they have not on television. One thing, and then I was going to get to this a little bit later, Paige, has been working this heel gimmick on social media so well over the past really two months. People that's fine. legitimately hate her because of what she puts on social media. That, that's all well and good. That's a small percentage of the I, world. I understand I, that. I'm, I'm, just, a, I'm, I'm an eight. I'm Correct. not a ten. I'm an eight, and I don't care. I'm not. I'm not checking what it is that Paige is doing on Twitter. They have not, on their programming, done the work necessary to explain why it is that Paige is the heel in this situation. Um, when they had the opportunity, as I told you before, when they had the opportunity to have her screw Charlotte, which is what I thought they should have done originally, 
They didn't do that. Instead, they just had her do this awkward monologue and then this incredibly awkward, no, I want to be a part of the team, but no, it was all really silly and never fully entrenched her as a viable heel when she has been the top face in the division for, I don't know, a year now? Uh, back and forth, because she was, who was the face in the AJP? Uh, granted, I think saying heels and faces right, going they, back they a year, really, they don't matter. They really exist. But you know, I, I think over the past over. couple weeks, they have, you're right, the, the turn itself was really awkward, but over the past couple weeks when they've been very clearly making her out to be the jealous person, that's a heel turn. Like, even, that, that's beyond a Except heel turn. Except for the fact that, again, some of the things that she talks about are legitimate. You can't. One of the problems that you have when you try to use her bringing up Ric Flair as as making her a heel character is that what she's talking about is true. Charlotte probably is getting opportunities because of who her father is. Now, somebody would say back, hey, Paige is getting an opportunity because of who her mother is. Correct. I get it, but they're not referencing that. They're referencing the truth when it comes to Charlotte. you you got to do things to make someone evil, not to make them... You know, uh, well, I don't think I like them because I like this other person better. That's not how you make a heel, which is why, as we finally get to what actually happened on Monday night, when they had her reference Charlotte's brother's death, it was uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It was certainly a moment that makes you squeam, but it absolutely accomplished the one thing that they hadn't been able to do so far, which is truly get over Paige as a heel. And that was necessary. And they've done this real, you know, this this reality era thing that we've talked about. Mm -hmm. This isn't the first time they've no, gone down this not. road awkwardly, and it won't be the last time they go down this road awkwardly. Yes, you have to have the, the stuff that has come out since then. Did did Charlotte really push for this, or was she was just a willing participant because or, she doesn't want to rock the boat? And that's the thing: is it willing per participant or just? I've been up in this company for two months. I don't want to screw things up. Right, correct. I think that's definitely a question. You know, the the word from some reports is that it was her idea to go down that road. What we got from the Ric Flair podcast was that, well, that's probably not the case. Well, you know, we know that Rick was never gone to, which, by the way, I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. I don't um, think you need to run it by Rick. If, if this, right. granted, they wouldn't have brought... Uh, her brother up if it wasn't for Rick being Rick. But at the same time, you're not going to ask, you know, a wrestler's parents permission Correct. to use personal things in the storyline. The only reason this matters is because it's Ric Flair. And Correct. I don't think Ric Flair. So that well, doesn't and, and bother me quite as good, much. Well, and because he has a good working relationship with the WWE and right. you don't want to ruin that. You don't want to put in Ric Flair in a spot where all of a sudden he doesn't want to come to WrestleMania and he doesn't want to be around because he doesn't like that. So he, it's at least worth wondering whether or not maybe they should have run it by Ric Flair because of the working relationship well, they, they should have, have with him. I, they maybe should have told him it was happening, not run it by him. He should have had no say over whether yeah, you're or not. not going to tell us no, yeah, but we're going to let but you say, know hey, we're doing so that you don't just see it and say, what the F. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll, I'll say this. As much as you're saying that this is about uh, Paige, which it really was for the most part, I think also I was trying to get to this at the beginning, is that they had, the fans haven't been really given a reason to cheer for Charlotte either, no, for that matter. This is all part of the issue. Yeah. You have not established a face and a heel here. You had to do that. And, and so, by doing this, for one, whenever... I don't know if you've listened to Charlotte do a lot of interviews in the past, out of the ring. But she goes to this, her brother's thing. It's, it's a very important thing to her. This is the one of the biggest reasons she's still a wrestler, uh, was because of the death of her brother. This is something right. she's genuinely passionate about, you know, or 
obviously, you know, it hurts her. Those tears in the ring, probably real. And because she is still a little bit awkward on the mic, she's not quite getting over. It was, I don't want to say a natural thing to do, but it put her in a more real situation where it wasn't her coming up with lines, you know, sort of like what some people are complaining about Roman Reigns. It was her being real, her being able to do the same interview she had done with whatever outlet it was, just doing it on the mic. And, you know, while it was cringeworthy because of the subject, she did look like more of a real person. So, yes. Yeah. She made, she's a sympathetic baby face. It, it, that's what they accomplished. They needed to draw a line as to who's the face and who's the heel. Frankly, they needed to do it well before this, but at least they did it now. And I, I think it's kind of great they did it in a main event setting that they, they, oh yeah, you had to you. do that in a main event. If you were, if you had done that going into the 10 o'clock hour, right, that would, it would, it would, well, not just forgotten, it would have also cast a bit of a pall over the next On few the rest segments. of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fair enough. And you have a, you know, a, sort of a, a genuine or what comes off as genuine attack after that, which is a great physical confrontation. You sold this match particularly well, which is something you had just not done at all. I thought it was really, really good. Now, again, cringeworthy, cr- absolutely cringeworthy and something that I would not be comfortable with whatsoever. But if she's comfortable with it, frankly, it's probably for the best for her character at this point. Um I thought it was ultimately very good for all parties involved for what you're trying to do with them right now. The question becomes, can they escape this? And that's the one thing that, that I, as always, because of what we've seen from the writers over the years, you wonder about just a little bit. Can Paige escape? Will they give her character enough quality over the coming years to escape being the one to talk about Charlotte's dead brother? That's the one thing that you always worry about having come back to you with this company is that you don't do enough to move them past this moment. This is now a moment for for her. Yep. This is a moment that will be attached to Paige. And she for Charlotte. And to Charlotte, for that matter. Like, Sure. Th- this sure. isn't something you can go back to now. Like, you, th- this... You knew that they were going to bring it up at some point. The dead brother card right, for exactly. Every opponent that you have for the rest of your career. Exactly. Um, but can you give these characters enough depth that they will get past this moment? And I have a, quite a bit of trepidation about that for good reason when it comes to this company. There's a lot of people that never got past some certain thing. You know, Kane got past Katie Vick. But we still remember it all the time. You know, like we, there are certain things, yep. certain characters just have never gotten past, and you wonder about this one. Um, for a company, interesting to note, by the way, that this was WWE last week on social media. Again, I, I referenced what I referenced already about social media was recognizing the anniversary of the time they had. Uh, Big Boss Man, drive <laughs> through Big Show's dad's funeral. And hook, and hook, hook the hook coffin to, to yep, and right. Big Show wrote on it, and it was one of the worst moments of the Attitude Era, really. Uh, it was, it was dark, no doubt. It was, well, it, it was dark, but it was also played off as comedy, which was so wrong in so many ways. Yeah, agreed wholeheartedly. Um, but, you know, go ahead, sorry. You know, I, I just, that's all I'll say about this is I'm good with it. I'm signed up. You've done something that you had not accomplished with these two, which is really drawing lines between face and heel. Now, where do you go with the two of them? Because this is a significant moment and you really do run this risk of it forever being attached to them. You know, I think that you're right. 
I don't know if I would have done it just because, like I said, you can pull this card once and only once. That, you know, that was a gun in your holster. You use the bullet here. It's a little bit too early in Charlotte's career and is going to define her for the next few months. And because of that, just, yeah, just from I that, saying, but I wonder, it, I, I, I understand everything you said is absolutely correct. It accomplished exactly what it was supposed to. And at least for the immediate future, it was a good thing. I wonder if it's going to be good in the long run. And I, I do think there is a question to be asked on, you know, we'll, we'll probably never find out the answer to this about how much she was kind of goaded into doing this. And I right. think that if it comes out that she was goaded into it, then you have a serious problem. Yeah, you do. I, I don't. I don't doubt that. Because even even if you're going along the lines of they said, you know, let's assume that she was a, a little bit uh, uncertain about doing it. Right. Trepidatious, yes. Even if they were saying, okay, you know, this would be good for your character. There are some things that you shouldn't do unless they are 100% in, and this would I think would be one of those things. So if it comes out that she wasn't on board with it, then I think there's a problem. If she was on board with it. Like I said, I don't think I think Flair both the, her parents should be notified, but that's on her. That's not necessarily right, on the WWE. Right. I, I understand what you're saying. I I do think that as someone I can't believe I'm about to say this because it comes off very old school and as a as a wrong mentality. If she was pressured or bullied into doing this, it's it's wrong, and she should have an outlet for explaining how wrong it is and someone that she should be able to go to within the company. If she was concerned maybe didn't love it at first and perhaps coerced a bit into it, I do think that's a different road. Because I'm going to bet that performers regularly are coerced into oh, of course they are. But at first they find themselves – in the same way that there are actors that pick up a script for a movie and say, really? You want me to do what? And oh, I, and absolutely. And I, be- I, I, thought, and I fully like, believe you know, that I'll, that I'll, would here, be I'll, the I'll situation. I'll give you one real quick. I, I, we, the cast of the show The League on FX, I don't know if, if you – I love oh, it. Yeah. Well, I, I've hated the past couple seasons for the most part. Um, but I, I disagree. I saw, but anyway. Th- it's, this season's been terrible, but go ahead. Uh, Katie Duplass, uh, who, who plays the um, – oh, God, uh, Jenny. She plays okay. Jenny MacArthur on The League was talking to me about the famous scene where she was supposed to essentially uh, uh, jerk off um, Rodney's dog, right? That, like, oh, yeah, okay. The dog was no longer – the dog always got horny whenever he saw her, and it very graphic, obviously. And she, like, saw it at first and said, oh, are you kidding me? But at the same point, then had to remind herself, no, wait a second – we're we're separating. It's I'm not really jerking off a dog, right? Like I'm not this person. And actors go through this all the time. The problem being, this does blur a line yeah, between the, character and reality. And it and the character. This has been something that has been coming up more and more lately. Is wrestling is different from actors in that you know they're playing a role. When they go out and do interviews like with you, they're going by their names. While if a well, wrestler comes and if a wrestler yeah, comes and says, right. they are Charlotte. It is Paige coming at us. It is not, you know, their actual names. Yeah, Ashley Flair. Yeah. It's much more the character becomes part of who they are. I understand what you're saying, and I do think that makes it more difficult, but I think that there is a level of coercion that has to go into a lot of things. Do you think that I, every I don't, gimmick, I, I don't disagree with you in there. In wrestling history, every bad gimmick that's ever right. been presented, like, do you, do you think that No, when no, they no, and I, I agree with, I agree with yeah. exactly what you're about to say here. That I just wonder if there are some things you probably shouldn't, if, if, there's but any you, sort of resistance, you probably shouldn't. You're a little co- bit more willing to back off of, right? I understand exactly. what you're saying, but I, Again, they they saw 
whoever it was that had this idea saw an end result coming from this. And they ended up being right in the moment. And if they believe in that ability and the, the performer at first says, I, I just don't know, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, can I explain to you why I think this works? I don't think there's anything wrong with, can I have this conversation? If ultimately at the end of the day, the performer says, no way, no how, I'm just not comfortable doing this, then yeah, I think you respect those rights. But I, even with something as sensitive as this, I don't think there's anything wrong with a writer, a member of the creative team saying, I, I, I think you need to sit down and understand why it is that we think this is something that's worth doing. And, and that's fair. And that I have no problem with whatsoever because you know, you, you signed up to work for the company, you know the way that this works, and they have had no problem using reality in the course of the storylines in the last couple of years. Um, just real quick, let's touch on some other things that happened on Raw on Monday night. Obviously, the heavyweight title tournament continued. Yep. We now have the semifinal set. We will uh, make our predictions in the next segment with AJ, but... Um, just your thoughts on on how we got from eight to four. It was interesting that uh, well, first of all, let let's just say it right off. Three of those four matches on Monday night were off were fantastic. Yeah, if, absolutely. If, if part of the reason for doing this was to really showcase these wrestlers, for the most part, it's been a home run. Uh, Rain Cesaro was fantastic. I questioned the idea of putting Reigns and Cesaro. I said I understood what they were trying to get at where. You know, putting Reigns in a good match might get him some support of the crowd. And it was it was shaky a little bit there. You heard some boos when Reigns was setting up for the Superman punch in the spear. Right. But overwhelmingly, once he hit it, there were cheers. I think that what they botched going into WrestleMania, which was trying to get him that grudging respect, like they did with Daniel Bryan, I think it failed then. We'll have to see exactly how much it worked, but it seemed to work a little better here. Looking at... Reddit, looking at Twitter, looking at the other message boards, overwhelming, or not overwhelmingly, for the most part, it seemed like they were like, okay, we're a little bit more behind this than they I, were back I, in I February. I think it has been overwhelming, honestly, man. I think that right now people are completely on board with Roman Reigns. But let me, let me share one other thought on this, which is, I've told you before I have a theory about getting to the part of the show where something matters, right? And that's part of the reason why we get such a ridiculous pop for certain people. And I think given the, again, utter lack of top-notch talent right now, I think that in many ways Roman Reigns is filling that void for a lot of people, that even people that weren't completely sold on him before are saying, boy, get us to the part of the show where Roman Reigns comes out because we're not seeing a bevy of stars. Now, I know that on Monday night they had Kane and The Undertaker out together at the beginning of the show, but outside of that, who are the other big stars that were part of the show on Monday night? Right. And, and I think that taking it, up a big chunk too. The fact that the fact that Roman Reigns, even if it was against Cesaro, and a lot of people and the people who are against Reigns are saying, Oh, you know, Cesaro carried him or right. whatnot. But you put Cesaro against well, Del Rio, who was the one exception to the good matches, that match was, yeah, it was utter it was drag, utter drek. Yeah, um Reigns can wrestle that match. That's the big thing. Reigns well, that's can wrestle that match. Yeah, there's, there's, it's twofold. One, Cesaro isn't Daniel Bryan over. Let's let's start with no, that. No, he's right? not Daniel. Like, though it's, it's interesting, and I'm going to bring this up to AJ and ask him about it. They did a poll on WWE.com with who do they who do you want to win the tournament before Monday? Cesaro won it by a pretty good amount. It was something along the lines of 38% voted for Cesaro, and then Reigns and Ambrose were tied at 19. Okay. So I mean, he's not he's not Daniel Bryan I, I, over, I, I, because very few people right. are Daniel Bryan over, but he's over. 
He's very I'm, over, I'm, and I was I'm a little not, surprised the crowd wasn't more split. I'm not disagreeing that he's over, but I, again, a lot of nerds online versus people that just go to shows. I, you keep that in mind. The internet wrestling community is more prevalent on the internet. Um, well, the, the WWE.com polls also usually skewed more towards okay. the marks than the smarts. Oh, that's that's fair. I'll say one more thing, which is that there is a a real potential there that you're kind of splitting votes a little bit with Reigns and Ambrose. Look, these are the two top faces right now. And you're kind of splitting votes a little bit. But even if you are, you're saying those two combined are equaling Cesaro. Yeah, maybe. That's, that's, that's fine. Well, not equaling, but a little bit more. But I, I, I hear what you're saying. And I have no idea what the, the, to parse from that. It's interesting. I don't think Cesaro is as over as those numbers would indicate that he is. Now, it's also, we're talking about, uh, WWE.com is where they voted wrestler of the year or superstar of the year last year. It right. was won by Roman Reigns despite the fact that nobody liked him. So who knows? Well, that's why, you know, everyone. That type polling. True. But there's no reason that WWE would be skewing it for Cesaro I'm, in this case. I'm not case. saying they're skewing it as much as it could just so happen to be that there's one group of Cesaro fans on a message board somewhere that said, everybody go vote in this thing right now. Those, those polls are not Bible, is my point. Right. Like, and I'm just, just, I'm just, not. I'm just bringing it up to show that this was an interesting thing that happened this weekend. I, you know, when that poll was created, I think everyone assumed that based on how previous WWE.com polls had gone, Reigns would win it in a landslide. Right. I, so I, I, for Cesaro I, I, to, not I, I overwhelmingly. Just I just don't make as much of it as you do. I'm very way. Right. It's way easier for me to dismiss it because we've we've seen tangibly the reaction to Cesaro. I think he's liked. I think he's popular. But I don't. I don't even know that I'd go as far as to say he's fully over. I just think he's a guy that's respected and appreciated right now. I think he's getting by... there, and I think that you watch his matches lately, the moves he's doing, the moves. And I've talked about this before, how they've really started to micromanage his move set and put him in a position where he has more of that WWE style that's going to potentially get him more over to the crowd. I think they're really trying hard with him and trying to make him a accepted by I, not I, just right. not just an internet darling but accepted right. by everyone and I, I think it's I getting it. there. I hear what you're saying and I don't think there's any reason why he shouldn't get there. I you know I think that most everybody would agree that he had the look of a mega star the first time we ever set eyes on this dude. He just looked like a rock star. So I I think you'll get there but I also think that in a lot of ways the people that you're trying to win over with Roman Reigns it helps you that he stood his own in a match with Absolutely. Though it didn't help you back in February. It, it did, again, everything about what happened in February was related to Daniel Bryan. It, it was a hundred percent of what was going on. That there. was, it wasn't a hundred. There was a good chunk no, of it, dude, but it, it wasn't a hundred percent Daniel Bryan. We people booing worship at the altar. People of booed. Bryan. People booed Roman Reigns when they didn't ex- when he was in November, November and December before we thought Daniel Bryan would be coming back at the Rumble. When Roman Reigns showed up, the internet fans booed him. It was partially because of Daniel Bryan. There's no question about that. It reeked of the same stuff that you do with John Cena and Daniel Bryan. Of course it was. Everything was about having your alter. If there was a Daniel Bryan alternative right now, truth be told, there'd be more of it going on with Roman Reigns. Maybe not as much as last year. But there there is no, there's no, you know, duplicate of Daniel Bryan because there hasn't been a duplicate of Daniel Bryan in the past eight years. That's the point. The point is, everything that happened in February, I'm not saying there wouldn't still be smarks that would have said, you're rushing it with Roman Reigns, and we don't like this. I have no doubt those people He would have been booed in Philadelphia whether or not Daniel Bryan was in the match. It would have been nothing like what we saw. What we saw was one 
thousand percent about Daniel Bryan. This is not. Well, you just, just said that we, we. You just said that people would have booed whether or not the Daniel Bryan was that there. We saw it was one thousand percent. Okay, sure, yeah, it, it was bigger. The extent that we saw it to, there would have been pockets of people that would have been opposed to Roman Reigns because we think we know more than you do, no doubt. But it would not have been what it was if it had anything other to do with Daniel Bryan. It was entirely about we've decided this is the guy we want him in the most important matches every time he's available, and if you do anything that threatens that, we're not going to be okay with it period that's what it was all about but then why were they booing him in november and december roman because you could sense it coming but if it was about daniel bryan no one sensed daniel bryan coming back for the rumble i think i would disagree with that daniel bryan's presence very much still loomed over wwe programming at the time now but i I think people were people were when he came back people were a little bit surprised they thought that he would probably be back after wrestlemania if you go um, back to I, November... I think that you thought that. I don't think that was a common prevailing thought. But also, we're debating the wrong point. Right. The, the, the point is, Reigns is, you know, whether it's begrudgingly or not, Reigns is getting over. He's he's the biggest star currently on the show that isn't 50 years old. <laughs> I was going to say, what... Um, yeah, exactly. I mean... Well, and with all due respect to The Undertaker and Kane, they're not threat... They're not people that we think should be involved in the title picture. Yeah, we, some people think Taker, but... Uh, they're nuts. They're, I, they're, I don't disagree with you. It's I'm just saying there it's are appreciating there. the senior circuit, right? It's like watching Vince Carter play for the Grizzlies right now. You still appreciate the fact that he's Vince Carter, but come on. We don't really think that Vince Carter should be getting the ball is, 30 is, times a game. Is Vince Carter actually still relevant for the Grizzlies? I uh, hadn't even realized gets, that. He still gets minutes, I believe. Okay. I don't well, watch a lot of Grizzlies basketball. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't, I don't <laughs> watch much Grizzlies after uh, Gravis Vasquez left Memphis. As far as the, the, the title picture goes, he is the star of stars currently. He's what you have. And I think that you appreciate getting to that point of the show where you get to the star of stars. I think you respect the fact that he has increasingly got better. No, his promos still aren't much better. They did the worst thing with him on Monday that, night. That was which, it's so annoying to me because he is so comfortable when you're, when you put him in a position where he can talk right at somebody where there's more than one person involved. He is so good at that and so comfortable. And yet they insist on putting him in these monologues in front of the crowd. And it makes doing no the sense. recap thing. Yeah, it's so oh, annoying. I don't get it. The, the one thing, the one thing, th- this is a little bit of a tangent, but it makes sense here. Paul Heyman and ECW, I think there's a lot of revisionist history about ECW and how great the ECW product was. You go back and look at ECW. Yes, there's good parts. There's a lot of bad parts. The one thing that you can say, the single greatest quality for Paul Heyman as a guy who ran a company is he took things and he found someone's strength, whatever that strength was, and he put a big spotlight on that strength. The Sandman was the worst ever. He sucked at life. Well, maybe not at life, but at yeah, wrestling. But I don't know him personally. Yeah, he sucked at wrestling. So what did they do? They had him come out to the awesome entrance. They had him drink beer. They right. had him swing a Singapore game. They didn't have him wrestle much, but they spotlighted that strength of his. WWE, for whatever reason, does not know how to spotlight someone's strength. They decide, I think we want your strength to do that, and they put them in a position to do that thing, whether or not it's actually a strength. No, I'm, look, I'm with you. I'm completely with you. And I thought they, they did him wrong on Monday night by giving him that promo. But other than that, I think that he has been packaged oh, well yeah. this time around in the push. Absolutely. With, with the genuine belief of, I don't know if he's going to walk out of Survivor Series with the title, right? Like, we'll, we'll get to that. I, I, there are a couple 
big if factors are, in play that I there are three legitimate scenarios that you're good you'll sign up for any three of them right four now. four legitimate scenarios I can see coming out but we will get to that in segment two All right. because I want it, I want AJ's take on it and there's something about those four scenarios people aren't talking about enough there's one more thing we have to talk to before we uh, go over to AJ though and that that is the Bray Taker segment at the beginning of Raw um, it well, was he, interesting remember. Everybody, everybody has the Undertaker's powers now. The Undertaker's got them, Bray's got them, everybody's got them. It, it's amazing that they're legitimately, Undertaker comes out and he says, you can't take my powers. You know, these are the Undertaker powers. And Bray's like, comes out, oh no, I do have your powers, here's the lightning and thunder. Right, it's yeah, every, so every, utterly ludicrous. But you know what? It made it all worth it with that visual of the Druids and the Sheep yeah, Masks thought, at thought, the end. Yeah, that was a that phenomenal was visual. I thought that was great. I thought it was a, a fine... Again, I'm appreciating this for what it is, right? I just said, it's the Champions Tour. I'm I'm appreciating the silliness of it. I like it. I, I really... It's so much better that they've gone full silly than if they had tried to really but like get me to believe that this is a match that should matter and is relevant and any of those things. Because it's not. It's watching two guys that we've liked for a long time at the end of their career putzing around and it's silly and it's over the top it's celebrating the undertaker hey it's his 25th anniversary take it for what it is don't try to convince me that this is about you know big moment for bray wyatt or because it's no, not it's we've not. already seen that match yeah we, it we, already we, happened and it was irrelevant we we've seen that match and the point is, you know all of these segments individually are really good i'm enjoying the the individual segments that once i put the segments together it's like Wait a second. Right. What are you actually doing here? But yeah, each individual segment is great. I, I love the, the ridiculousness of it. I, I like the ridiculousness as well, and I think it's way better than anything they could have done with it. By the way, real quick, what, what is the, what, what ends up happening with the New Day and, and the Usos and everything? Are they, we'll, are we doing? We'll talk about that in segment two. They have announced, they haven't announced the participants yet. Okay. But they have announced that there will be a Survivor Series match, and I assume that's where they're going. Okay. All right. Very good. All right. So when we come back in, we will be joined by our main event. He is uh, wearing different colors now in his NFL career as he has gone to the Seattle Seahawks. He is our buddy A.J. Francis, and he will check in with us and help us preview, as he does every time we have a big pay-per-view. We will preview Survivor Series next. I'm Glenn. He's Aaron. This is Jobbing Out. Are you a believer in the retriever? The UMBC sports marketing team is proud to support UMBC athletics through marketing and promoting the UMBC Division I game day experience with giveaways, in-game entertainment, and much, much more. Tickets for Retriever action starts as low as $2. Follow UMBC Sports on Instagram at Retriever Believer and on Twitter at UMBC Sports Marketing for all your promotional updates of the Retrievers. For a complete schedule of UMBC athletics, visit UMBCRetrievers.com. The UMBC sports marketing staff looks forward to seeing you as a Retriever Believer at the games. At Smythe Jewelers, we celebrate how big love can be. When your love for her is so big that you can't even begin to describe it, there's only one thing to do. Take her to Smythe Jewelers, the biggest jewelry store on the East Coast. At Smythe, you'll find the biggest selection and the biggest savings. Because at Smythe, we work directly with the diamond cutters. So we can help you find a diamond that's as big as your love. And that's why Smythe 
is where Marilyn gets engaged. Smythe Jewelers in Timonium, Ellicott City, in Annapolis. Looking for licensed Orioles and Ravens jewelry for the sports fan in your life? Charles Newsonoff and Sons Jewelers. 8720 Sater Hill Road in Parkville since 1923. Charles Newsonoff and Sons has provided the Baltimore area with affordable fine jewelry, quality repair workmanship, and a total devotion to customer service. Looking to pop the question? Charles Newsonoff and Sons has designer mountings and certified loose diamonds. Prices that can't be beat for the perfect proposal. Download their new app, the Vow Engagement Ring. Finder for iPhone or Android and search styles, get prices, and even upload a picture of your hand and try rings on virtually. Charles Newsonoff and Sons, Orioles, Ravens Jewelry, and the Vow Engagement Ring Finder. Go to charlesnewsonoff.com or call 410-661-5050. Charles Newsonoff and Sons Jewelers, 8720 Sater Hill Road in Parkville. Let's scroll together. If you're like most folks, you drop by your local Royal Farm store for a fast, fresh, delicious breakfast sandwich on your way to wherever it is you're on your way to. But maybe you're ready for Royal Farm's new Scrapple breakfast sandwiches. For just $2.89, you can get tasty, crispy Scrapple with your choice of cheese and eggs on a biscuit, bagel, bread, or croissant. The new Royal Farms Scrapple breakfast sandwiches. Just $2.89 at Royal Farms. Real fresh, real fast. Wrestling fans, it's time for WrestleCrate. WrestleCrate is a pro wrestling themed mystery package that appears in your mailbox every month with action figures, pop vinyls, DVDs, wrestling books, fat heads, and much, much more. Plans start at only $15 a month and every crate contains a t-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com or BarbershopWindow.com. Those t-shirts are $19.99 by themselves. Check them out at WrestleCrate.com and follow them on Twitter at WrestleCrates and search WrestleCrate on Facebook. Like I say, I say. It's that 9-5 shit right here. Take them back to the 90s. Like I say, I say. Yo, 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 yo. Yo. Okay, now take a trip inside my mind like you was off the Venice. It's me and Back in here, segment number two, it is Shopping Out, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, and yes. What's up, man? Okay. Hey. He is AJ Francis. Now, the main event with a gimmick change now. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, I know. it's a. I am a it, before I, you know, I was a South Beach, you know, hoity-toity, you know, <laughs> flying around, spread offense, you know, that kind of guy. Well, hoity-toity now, can still describe now Seattle. I'm a hard-nosed Seattle Seahawks. Well, you're part of the Legion of Boom. Yeah, I am, well, not technically, I don't think. Well, no. I think that's just the DB. But. True. Yes. <laughs> yeah. If you don't, if if you don't know what we're referring to, AJ Francis, our main event, our uh, our co-host of Jobbing Out, uh, the former Maryland Terrapin, is now had a change in his professional career, as he was claimed this week by the Seattle Seahawks. Which, by the way, like I know that for tangible reasons, like it's gotta suck to have to completely change your life in the middle of a football season, but yeah. For, to know that a team that has been in the Super Bowl the last two years wants you, like, that's got to be kind of a good feeling. Yeah, you know, it's, it's really cool because, you know, not to toot my own horn here, but 
I'm going to go ahead and two. Um, even though, you know, I enjoyed my time in Miami, um, both times that they tried to release me to bring me back a week later or, or the week of the weekend after, I got claimed by the Patriots once and the Seahawks right. once, you know, yeah. and, you know, they all they do is just win Super Bowls. So right. I got to feel pretty good about myself. Yeah, those teams are kind of okay, I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> They've done a thing or two over the years. So, uh, so yeah, he's we gotta we gotta re- repackage his character a little bit now that he's out in Seattle. Uh, I guess this means that you should start wearing dark more trunks. flannel when dark, you come to the ring. Dark trunks, right? Well, no, we're dark trunks. And and he's going to uh, borrow David Otunga's coffee, right? Yeah, I am, and I'm going to sit there, and I'm going to have a bow tie, and be part of you know a sophisticated group of ballers. That's the, <laughs> that's the plan. I like all of that. I like all of it. All right. Oh, and, hey, before we go any further, how excited we can all talk about Maryland getting a nice win over Georgetown this week, right? Oh, man. That was, that was awesome. nice. That was nice. Go Turks. Yeah. That was, uh, Aaron was there. I was I there. Did, I didn't go because it was a 9 o'clock tip-off, and I'm an old man now with a kid, and I just said there's no chance I'm getting down there at 9 o'clock. Um, and AJ obviously has a, a, a professional career, which would prevent him from doing such things. But uh, no, that, that was – That atmosphere – legitimately rivaled basically any I had been to in Comcast. And that's saying something. Yeah. It was it was a fun night and a great win for Maryland. We're all excited about that. All right. Uh, oh, and, and the good news uh, for AJ is uh, you're coming back this way before the season is over, right? Yeah, that was everyone from back there made it and let me know before I knew it myself. <laughs> but, but yeah, we played Baltimore in a, at the end of the month or not at the beginning of next month, so. Yeah, that'll be that'll be cool being in Baltimore. Um, you playing in Baltimore and in DC in the same year, but on different teams. That's kind of weird. That's crazy, right? And and the good news, it'll be a great opportunity for you to come home and be able to see no one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it'll be so awesome to be able to go to Jimmy's Seafood to eat for like ten minutes and then <laughs> go back to the hotel. Hang on, you know we got to deal with something though because your boy John Minadakis, who's my boy, Jimmy's same famous seafood. Here's the problem. Um, huge Carolina fan and a huge shit talker when it comes to Maryland. So we got to deal with that at some point. Yeah, but he has one of the worst haircuts in the world. So, like, <laughs> wow. I guess, that even, I guess that evens it out. I'm gonna let him know. Wow. I'm gonna make sure he hears that. All right, I love let's talk. You, John. <laughs> yeah, let's preview Survivor Series. It's Sunday night. Uh, where the hell is Survivor Series? Atlanta. Atlanta. That's right. That's right. Atlanta. Eight o'clock on a pay-per-view, and of course also on the WWE Network, which as we covered is available for I think it's thirteen forty-five a month if you want to sign Rounding up. up. I think it's I think it's like three hundred and twelve thousand pesos. <laughs> well, that's good. I've got that lying around, so I've got myself covered for the WWE Network. Uh, Aaron, what's where are we starting with this one? Well, it, it's unusual because we don't have a ton to talk about as far as matches go. We have the tournament, which is going to take up three matches, and then we have only four pseudo-announced, and one of those matches, we don't even know the participants yet. So we'll we'll start uh, what we talked about at the top of the show, Divas title, Charlotte vs. Paige. AJ? Uh, I think you can't take the belt off Charlotte this quick. I think the, the feud is just building at this point. I think it can go on to at least the Royal Rumble, I think. So I think at this point you got to... I think Charlotte retains or, I mean, Charlotte, I think Charlotte retains. That's going to be my pick. Now, 
she's not retained because she wins via disqualification. You know, or because... What if she snaps and loses by a Paige disqualification? Paige gets caught, catch hitting her with a, with the belt or something. Something of that nature. But uh, I don't yeah. think that Paige beat, I don't think Paige takes the belt of her right now. I think it's interesting, Aaron, what you said, which is that after what we saw on Monday night, is there a possibility that she could just completely, like Charlotte ends up taking the, the steps and, and, you know, using them as a weapon or something like that and gets herself disqualified in the process. I, you definitely can't take the belt off Charlotte, and this definitely can't be the end, especially after you pull the trigger on the dead brother uh, thing on Monday night. There's no doubt yeah. you can't do that. The only thing I would continue to say, though, is... There's still an emptiness right now of what are you doing with Sasha and Becky? And I I like the idea of us getting to a point where we could have pay-per-views that legitimately have two good women's matches on them. But it seems like the WWE remains incapable of doing anything with the Divas that doesn't involve the title. So I'm good with this continuing. I, I, I like the idea of it continuing, but I need a legitimate way for other female performers to be involved with the show because there's too many good ones right now. So who's your pick? Oh, yeah, uh, i got to pick it. Damn it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I'll give you the answer. Then Charlotte's going to walk out with the title. I mean, I don't know who wins the match. I, Charlotte, probably, but yeah. no, no matter what, Charlotte's the champion at the end of the night. I think Charlotte went just because of the snapping thing, you know, if you're trying to portray right, her as the sympathetic face. baby face, you don't yeah. want her absolutely destroying someone e- as that early in a feud, even if she may or may not deserve it. Um, so moving on, this match, uh, I'm jumping ahead a little bit here because it's announced on SmackDown, but it's not really a big spoiler, so I don't feel bad talking about it. Uh, Tyler Breeze versus Dolph Ziggler. Uh, oh, man. Uh, like, I feel so bad for Ziggler, man. Like, a year ago, going into this pay-per-view, he was the lone survivor. He was the hottest thing walking, okay. and your boy Daniel Bryan ruined that. Um, so, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with oh I'm gonna go with Tyler Breeze through a fugazi way, like a holding pulling the tights or you know a cheap shot so that they get. A, I mean, obviously, they're gonna have a, they're gonna have another match at TLC. He's probably gonna hit him with a chair, and then it'll be a chairs match at TSU. Uh, that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll I'll go an opposite way. I'll say that the thing that they've done with Tyler is they haven't he hasn't had the win, right? Like he they fed him our uh, truth, which sucks because we all know how much I love our truth. <laughs> um, but th- he doesn't have to win to me for his character to work. Um, he's he's vain. He doesn't he doesn't need to be sold on why he's great. He knows he's great. Um, if you're going to continue it, I actually think, for whatever reason, it probably makes more sense for Dolph to win this one and for Tyler to continue sort of going after him a little bit and pissing off Dolph. And, okay, fine, I'll give you another, I'll give you a rematch, whatever. I, I'm going to go with Dolph Ziggler to win the first one. Um, you know, that I think either person could win. I think the one thing that I would like to see in this match is see more development with the whole Tyler Breeze and Summer Rae thing. We saw a little bit of it with Summer Rae breaking out the lip balm and putting it on uh, Tyler on Monday. So what if I'm booking it, I have her like spray Dolph in the hair with hair or in the face with hairspray or something along those lines and win that way. You you build more about Summer Rae and uh, you allow Tyler to we get the We saw that at that uh, MCW on Saturday night. 
We saw a hairspray. What, was it hairspray? Did we ever figure out exactly what that was? Sure what it was? But I'm pretty sure it was hairspray. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I don't think that's a bad idea. I think it's it's a good way to do it. I. I, I guess I keep coming back to um, where do I want Ziggler to ultimately go? Do I want three months of him doing this with Tyler Breeze? I like it. I, I like Tyler Breeze. And if that's the case, I'm fine with. I, I, when I say I'm picking Ziggler, I'm fine with whatever they do because I'm good with the feud and I'm good with it continuing for a little while. Fair enough. Moving next on. Next one. Next one. Um, I'm just going to kind of throw this out there if you guys have any things you want to say about it because we don't know the match. We know there's going to be a Survivor Series match. It has been announced that there's a five-on-five Survivor Series match. The uh, competitors have not been announced. Do you guys have any ideas on what you want to see there? Yes. I would like to see um, – I would like to see the Ascension and Stardust and I don't care who else. <laughs> um, I love okay. Stardust. I really do. I you just want to see those guys? Yeah. If, if Stardust is in it, I'm good. Okay, but obviously it's got to involve the New Day. Yeah. You, you don't have I a mean, match for them. Unless they're going to well, add a New well, Day they're Usos. Probably have two. What's that? They usually have, they usually have two Survivor Series matches. We don't know what they're doing, though. That's the thing. Like, they, they've only announced yeah, one. That, what I'm saying is because you can have one that has Stardust and the Ascension as the main heel group in there, yeah. and then have another one with the New Day. And then in the New Day one, you can have the Usos and Ryback, and then you could probably have uh, the Lucha Dragon. Yep, that's and exactly what could, I had. And then, and then you could throw in with... Who would you throw in with the New Day, though? Who would you throw? I said... um the New Day without Xavier wrestling, Stardust and the Ascension versus Usos, Ryback, and the Lucha Dragons. I can see that. Um, okay. Then what are you doing with the Dudley boys? You just brought them back on Monday night and had them yeah. face the Ascension? That's why I think it's going to be two because, I mean, I'm sure this will be a perfect opportunity to reintroduce the primetime players. Yeah, but do you have enough heels? That, that would be the yes. big question. You you would probably in that case do something like primetime players, Dudleys, and Neville against Stardust, The Ascension, and uh, boy, Barry, <laughs> Barry and Sheamus. No, there we go. Oh, you, and okay. Then, All right, then, I guess I can. Like, I mean, you have Usos and Ryback versus New Day, and then you find two heels and two faces. Yeah, you you could do that. Right, the Lucha Dragons, and then. The 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 Matadors? I mean, Are I, the Matadors still around? Yeah, I don't like, even know if they exist. I don't know if they're a thing. Cause they, um, they, they beat up the, the Torito last time we saw them. Yeah, I, I guess you could make that work. I guess you could force it. I, the, the truth being told, though, I, I still feel like you're better off just having the New Day face the Usos in a tag title match, but you've done nothing to, to you, make that you, you happen. You haven't at built this point, that at all, so, really. Yeah, yeah I, I think, can, think that's the, the big... I think that's what's coming out of this. I think that they understood... After the Seth Rollins, I think the plan was for it to be New Day's Usos at Survivor Series. Right. But then after the tournament came into about, and they realized they were going to have a lot of guys that were not going to be But none of those guys were involved with the tournament. They still could have been building it. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, like, there was a lot of guys that were going to be built into a feud to have probably a Survivor Series match that couldn't because they were doing 
uh, no, that makes sense. Like someone like Cesaro could be put into a Survivor exactly. Series match oh, right. because yes. he couldn't he, build he, a feud he, otherwise. That's a good point. He needs to be in a match on yeah. Sunday because he's hot right now. You yeah. got to get him into yeah. a match somehow. That's a good point. All right, uh, next one. Uh, Undertaker and Kane vor- versus two of the Wyatts. Yeah. So who is it, and then who wins? Uh, I think it's going to be Luke, and uh, I think the way you continue the feud, I think this feud is going to WrestleMania. Oh. God, please, no. I honestly think, I mean, it's either going to WrestleMania or it's going to Royal Rumble, and then Kane turns heel, and then it's Kane Taker at at WrestleMania. WrestleMania, okay. But that's, I mean, those are the only two options I can possibly see at this point. Sorry I laughed Uh, there, but I just... That's the only person I could see legitimately having, I could respect a match of him versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania, other than anyone in the White family, or Kane would be John, John Cena. Cena. Yeah, we yeah. talked about that last week, and I, you know, you know how I guys how I know how I feel about the Undertaker. I'm fine. You want to have him out there. I'm just there's nothing that I want to see him do at this point. There's no match where I'm like I definitely want to see that. Now, once it happens, I have no doubt I'll enjoy it because we've been talking about. You remember that you enjoy the Undertaker, and he's on the Champions Tour right now. He's he's puffing a victory cigar at the moment. Um, I, I, yeah, I it doesn't make sense. To answer the original question, I think it's Luke and Eric so that, and then Undertaker and Kane win, and then Strong, Strowman and, uh, and Bray get involved, and they, I think it'll come down to Strowman and Bray versus them eventually, and Bray will go over top, go over in December or January, but right now I would say, I would think that Undertaker and Kane are going to win over and, and and that's the question is how long is this going to last because that obviously has a big factor on who's involved here personally i don't think it's going to last past survivor series i think this is a specific matchup for, to get undertaker into survivor series get that profile you know the 25th anniversary of the undertaker's debut i don't think it's going to last so i think that undertaker and kane are going to beat bray and braun at uh, Survivor Series. Well, if, if if that's both scenarios are plausible, and I, I don't mean to try to hide here, but um, if if you're right and it ends at Survivor Series, then yes, that's the most logical thing to do. But if AJ's right and it's going to continue, then yes, his scenario makes more sense. I, I will this time. Si- I, I guess the interesting I part don't, to I don't is, think you can have. I don't think that Bray and Braun. If you're going to end this feud, I don't think that you have Bray and Braun in them. Like who? Like, then they have to win. Yes. Do they? Yeah, they yes. do. Well, I yes, know. No, 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 no. They, they should, but do they have to? Right. Well, yes. obviously, they, they absolutely have to. Win. Have to. Yeah. If you can't have them as the, the new face of fear and you're doing all this and you've been building them up and you took Undertaker and Kane's powers and then Undertaker and Kane just beat you and then that's the end of the feud. After they beat the shit out of you on, uh, on Raw and SmackDown. Uh, uh, look, I, it, it's not it's not the way it should go, but that's the way it's been for the Wyatt family to this point. Like that that what the picture that you just painted is exactly what they've done with the Wyatt family and their existence, which is at some point they've got to go over. At some point they got to go over. They're still not going over for some reason, and yet we have to buy into them as still being just as dangerous and powerful uh, the next time out as as they were, with, despite the fact they've never really won anything. So. I would be with you if it's only a one-time thing. You have to have them win, except for the fact that 
the WWE has not had to have them win a thing to this point in their existence. They just, they have not gone over anyone. So does it matter at this point if they don't go over Kane and the Undertaker? Like when they come out on Raw on Monday night, if Kane and the Undertaker are gone and Bray Wyatt just starts focusing his energy on, you know, whoever, uh, Kevin Owens, Cesaro, whoever it is, do, do, do we even notice at this point? Yeah, I think you do because Ray literally just did the job for Roman, and I appreciate it because you know Roman's my guy. Right. But I just can't. I can't legitimately. I think that you just have Strowman pin Kane. I think that's the way you get out of it if you do want to end it. Okay. Like it, yeah. it's not like it's not like Kane can't take a pin. Right. I'm sure we don't want to undertake. That would make sense if Kane took the pin and then he got mad. After the match with Undertaker and Tombstone, and then that's what's up I just can't like, imagine Kane turning on Undertaker for that 70th time in their careers. <laughs> <laughs> How many times are going to do this? All right, um, so I'll tell you that my pick will be, um, uh, I, yeah, my pick will be Undertaker and Kane to win. The other thing, too, is that you have been hyping it as the 25th anniversary, and I do think it's it's the Cigar Puff Tour, and I think when you're on the Cigar Puff Tour, you get a victory in a match like this. Next one. Um, well, the last thing is the tournament. Are we all in agreement that the finals is going to be Reigns and Ambrose? Did you guys see yes. any other way that Del Rio or Owen sneak into the finals? Um, I could see Owens. I could yeah, see Owens. I could, I could see Owens for sure. I, and, I and, can't see Del Rio at all. No. And please, dear God, no. Um, but I, here's the, the way great, that it, man. It's on Del Rio. He's just not Roman. I, I'm trying to figure out how it works with Kevin Owens. Like I'm trying See, to. The, the problem with Kevin Owens is if you told me that it was a situation where he joins Triple H and that's how he does it. Right. Fine, but the problem is you probably have to telegraph that in the semifinals match. That's the problem with the match to me. Well, um, well you don't have to. I, I just I, I think it, it takes away some of the impact if you do that in the semifinals. You're right. You don't have to do that, but I think that would be kind of the likely scenario. Is that, you know, they would kind of telegraph it in the semifinals. That would be the one hesitation to that. Or, well, hang on. I don't you, think you, they need to do that. I think you just have him beat Dean Ambrose and then, then join Triple H to be the champ. Like, well, wait a minute. Okay. Aaron, but like what if, we're what not going to believe that Kevin Owens went out there and beat Dean Ambrose. No, yeah. that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think part of it is just John the Cena expectations. Yeah. Um, but what if you had, like, a quick count to win? And so, you know, you had Cole and Lawler sort of mention like, huh, that's... That oh, you, you, you do it not overtly during the semifinals. You have, right. like, the ref do a quick count and without, and then at the end, Triple H comes out and, you know, like, you see him pay off the ref or whatever. Exactly. That, yeah, you, you, know, could, you could do it that way. I think you could do it that way. Does anyone think, expect or, it? And, or, and there's always the craziest thing in the world, you could just have him beat Dean Ambrose. I mean, that's just crazy. No, it's, <laughs> no, it's obviously I'm, I'm not. Okay, not yeah, no, you, you're right. You he doesn't need I, I think it's more, it's more, Ambrose. I expect, you know, like how the fans would expect it. If they see Kevin Owens in the finals, then they realize, or, you know, they, they kind of think to themselves, oh, here's Kevin Owens, Triple H is coming out. I'm thinking more kind of, you know, sec- next level there as far as what the crowd would expect. But you're right. For, for the, for most of the fans, that would be fine. If I think just it would be him. a lot better. If he well, you have a face Ambrose, versus a heel. And then yeah. he right. was having a great match in the finals with Roman Reigns. Right. And then right as he's about to lose, 
Danger police comes out. Yeah. That would be a lot better. And then you wouldn't know who he's truly there for. Because everybody's expecting Roman. Well, if, if Kevin it. Owens was there, you wouldn't expect Reigns to get joined with Triple H with Kevin Owens in the ring because then, you know, by default you're making Kevin putting Kevin Owens as the face in the situation. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think that that would eliminate that. Well, okay. But we're we're all still assuming it's going to be Reigns. I, by the way, this has been compelling. Like I'm starting to lean a little bit, but no. I still think it's going to end up being Reigns Ambrose. Are we all in agreement on that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. we are. I'm just so, saying I could believe Kevin Owens. I just couldn't believe. Right. So question number 2 is who do we think ends up walking out of Survivor Series as the champion? And where do you go from there? Because that's I a think, big question. I, uh, oh, man. I just, I don't really know, to be completely honest. Like, I I think that... This is the part where have, AJ is going to tell us one have, thing and then tweet something else out over the weekend. <laughs> you can have Ambrose... I think it just makes more... Did you hear that crowd when, when Roman beat Cesaro? I mean, he's the number, he's the guy in the. Oh yeah, he's hot. Yeah. You just can't, you can't, you can't throw that away. You can't. I agree with you. You can't. So I don't think that, I think three months ago, four months ago, I would have been more inclined to say, well, these fans are idiots anyway, so I'll give them somebody to boot. But now that there's less idiots in the world, and people actually realize, oh, yeah, Roman's actually really good, and he's really dope. I don't think you can take that away from him. So, I, But that doesn't I mean he has that, to I win the title. Dean Ambrose, I think either Dean Ambrose has to win by turning heel, mm-hmm. or the scenario we brought up before, where Sheamus joins the match mid-match a la Mania and pins Ambrose, and now you have a triple threat match at TLC, and... Then you can, and that way you can have a, a slow burn, and you can have Roman or Dean Ambrose, truthfully, turn heel at TLC to win the belt, and then it sets up their feud going into Fastlane. Go then, then they'll have matches at Royal Rumble and Fastlane, and then whoever comes out of that as a champ, which will more than likely be Roman, will face who I think is going to win the Royal Rumble, Brock Lesnar, for the title at Mania. Here, All that. Is very logical. Yeah. There's one problem with that scenario in my head. And it's a problem that I, I think the end of Survivor Series is going to tell a lot about what they're doing at Mania. If we're assuming, and I think it's a very fair assumption at this point, and I wouldn't completely hate it if, if a face Roman Reigns went into Mania as the champion. The problem there is that while I, I would completely enjoy a Reigns-Lesnar rematch, um, you're setting up a situation for Roman Reigns where a conquering wrecking ball face Brock Lesnar is coming in to feud with him. And you have built and done a good job of building Roman Reigns as a face. So it's tricky that you're going yeah. to throw him into a situation where he's probably not going to be the guy cheered. Well, wait a second. Lesner. I don't think it's that hard to make Brock Lesnar heal again. I, I don't. Yeah. Because well, I, I don't think it's hard. I don't think they will. Uh, maybe that's true. But I, don't I don't think they will. I don't think it's hard. I think they like Rumble. face Brock. Yeah, well, I can I can give you a million things that he could do. How about you have Daniel Bryan back in the Royal Rumble and then Brock ruins it a second later? Is I, that not yeah. no no no? I you can do it. I just I think that they they love the Suplex City shirts they're selling. They eh. love. I think they really like 
face Lesnar. And that's the problem to me with face Reigns as champion going into Mania because there are a number Did of matches you, you could... basically say you can't sell merch if you're a heel? Did you just say that? No, but I think they like the fact that... No, you can sell it, but I think they like the fact that he is a face and he's selling this merchandise. I let's, think also, they... let's also tell the truth, which is that they've never really made Brock so, face. Okay, well then, so are you saying Undertaker was the heel? Yeah, that's, I mean, he's been, been, but they weren't, they weren't worried about people. They, they, honestly, they didn't care who was cheering in Lesnar. And that's uh, the point. I think that you could, with another five months. I promise you, at least half of the crowd will be cheering for Roman Reigns. Yeah, I think with another. See, that's my question about that. It's a risk. That's the thing. It's a, it's a risk if you put them in that situation. So, Um, for those of you that will be cheering for Brock Lesnar over Roman Reigns are idiots. Well. Yeah, I don't know about that. He's I wouldn't Brock go that. Yeah, I, mean, I think a lot of people Lesnar. really like Brock Lesnar for for good reason. Brock Lesnar, um, oh, but yeah, I think Brock the argument would be that you're you're not booing Roman Reigns in that scenario. That you you just sort of like both of them, and right. you're excited for the match, and you're going to see two human badass powerhouses with a compelling story because they didn't get to finish their match the year before. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, the only thing I'll come back to is. I just, the moment, and the moment is so much better if you finally have Roman finish the chase at WrestleMania. And I think you can continue the build to that moment without having to have him win the strap beforehand. I told you before, I'm convinced they have to have Sheamus walk out as the champion on Sunday night. They have to. When when do you have him, do you have Reigns win the title at Rumble or TLC or something like that? I no, I'm I would prefer for Reigns to not win the title. I think that Reigns can win the Rumble again. And but you're going to have Sheamus carry the belt until no, Mania. No, I would have Sheamus drop it to Lesnar. Okay, so I, okay, I would just flip the script. I would have Lesnar win the belt at Royal Rumble, and then I would have him go in against the Royal Rumble winner Roman Reigns again. That's just so hard, tricky to put Lesnar in that position at this point for the Rumble. Why? Look at you're telling me that if Brock Lesnar shows up, you can't immediately make him the number one. Well, well okay, but I, I, you can, but I'm saying storyline-wise, you're, you're buying Sheamus as a heel here. Why is Lesnar all of a sudden getting the title shot when he would be in the feud with Reigns? Wait, what? Huh? Hypothetically, if Sheamus, no, if if Sheamus, it, no, I'm saying Sheamus would be in a feud with Reigns, correct? Because because he's coming out right, of Survivor Series. Right. The feud with Reigns. How do you then transition that at the Rumble? To, you know, two months well, later. There's still other places where you can go with that. You could do another triple threat at TLC. Okay. And you can have Ambrose screw over Reigns there. Oh, and, and then you you have okay, so you turn that into an Ambrose feud. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of things that you can do with that where you never truly get a finish between Sheamus and Reigns. I guess w- would you have Sheamus be with Triple H or? Uh, I don't know if it matters that much, right? Like, I think that Triple H could. I think the Triple H. Saying it so much, though, means someone has to side I, I with Triple H. I hear you saying H. that, but at the same point, I also think it just add intrigue. And I think on Monday night, Triple H could just say, yeah, you know what, I'm satisfied with this. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I don't think he has to align himself with the authority. I think it's easier to get him. The problem with Sheamus, again, is the danger. Everything about Sheamus, the danger is that people don't give a shit that he's a heel. Because they don't give a shit that he exists. Yeah. And that you you benefit from having him align with Triple H because they care enough about Triple H as a heel that it makes them care that Sheamus is a heel, right? Like yeah. so you could benefit that way. But you you've got a problem with Sheamus and this briefcase. And if you don't do it now, when do you do it? May. Or, okay. or June. Right or, before money in the back. Or, or you have him lose. Or you can have, or you can have 
Brock Lesnar, quote-unquote, injure Sheamus and take the money in the bank. Yeah, yeah I mean, you could do I, that. I, I I, I've right. always wanted to, or, or just beat him straight up in a match. I'd right. love to see that. But, right, um, I mean, that's that's an option as well. But I think it's very interesting that they have had Sheamus completely removed. They had him lose in the first round mm-hmm. of the tournament. He hasn't done anything since then. Normally, when when you have the Money in the Bank guy sort of hanging around, it's not going to end up being paid off. They want the element of surprise. They've kept Sheamus out of the picture. It gets that taken care of. He can drop it by Royal Rumble. I think everything about it makes sense to pull the trigger with Sheamus on Sunday night. I, I think it makes sense. I think that, you know, I like the idea, you, you know, every, every scenario we've presented has involved Dean Ambrose turning heel. I think that if you're going to turn Dean Ambrose heel, go all out with it. Put the title on him, have him join Triple H, and have Roman Reigns try to get at him for five months before Mania. Like, if you want to get a full story out of Roman Reigns chasing, chasing the same person for five months, which I think would be very beneficial to his career. I think that's how you do it. I think the reason that you do you have Sheamus running is if you want to keep both Reigns and Ambrose as faces because that in, in interjects that third party into it. But in this case, I think that if you're going to turn Ambrose heel, you have him win, you have him align with Triple H, you have Reigns get a rematch possibly at TLC, get screwed over, and then you have him win the Rumble, and you set up Reigns-Ambrose for WrestleMania. Um, you know, I have no beef with it, but you still have the Sheamus problem. I, I ignore the Sheamus problem, because I, 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 okay. I think the worst thing you can do right now is make a panic move, like put the belt, if you don't, if you didn't want to put the belt on Sheamus before, I think it's a mistake to put it just because you're like, crap, we have to use the briefcase at some point. Because clearly they had a, or they might not have had a plan for him, they might have just been like, okay, we'll figure it out in the spring or the early summer. And if that's the case, they can just still do that in this situation, figure it out in the spring or early summer. I just think it's a logical opportunity to do it. All right, so our official picks on the record, you're going with Ambrose, I'm going with Sheamus, and AJ, you kind of hedge your bets a little bit, but make a pick on the record. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Sheamus as well. All right, very good. AJ Francis, at AJ Francis 410 on Twitter, now a member of the Seattle Seahawks. Dude, we're proud of you. We, uh, we, we still hate you. I mean, don't, don't forget that, but we are proud of you and, uh, looking forward to uh, seeing you back here in Baltimore in a few weeks, man. Yeah, and we're back. Hopefully we kicked the Ravens ass. That's not <laughs> Uh, by the way, wouldn't be hard this season. <laughs> not, yeah, well. Not exactly. You still got big game Joe, so Joe can still throw the ball a uh, country no, miles. True. So I don't yeah, think he can do that you in any game. But that is for, true. Too. For, yeah, right? And for your sake, they just lost their center for the rest of the year as well. So <laughs> you should be licking your chops for the opportunity to come in for that one. Uh, anything else we can plug for you, dude, or are you just uh, too busy getting settled in your new home? Oh, dude, I got so much stuff to do to get ready. It's so wild. You don't understand how crazy it is to move across the country overnight. Oh, I can't even imagine. Where's where is your wife? Is she coming out to join you? Is she gonna stay in Miami? Well, she has school and stuff, so she'll she's still in Miami till December. Man, and yeah, that, it's, it's just that, tough. That sucks, dude. That sucks. Yeah. Um, well, we're thinking of you, but again, I, I think it's, I, as much as it sucks, I think it's neat that one of the best teams in football eyed you up and said that's a guy that we gotta have on our roster and, uh, we're certainly yeah. proud of that, man. And we appreciate you taking the time as always. I appreciate you guys, man. And you know what? Anytime you need the main event. Yeah. 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 All right. 
we come back in, we will go over the uh, quick count and our top five. This is Jobbing Out. If you're like most folks, you drop by your local Royal Farm store for a fast, fresh, delicious breakfast sandwich on your way to wherever it is you're on your way to. But maybe you're ready for Royal Farm's new Scrapple breakfast sandwiches. For just $2.89, you can get tasty, crispy Scrapple with your choice of cheese and eggs on a biscuit, bagel, bread, or croissant. The new Royal Farms Scrapple Breakfast Sandwiches. Just $2.89 at Royal Farms. Real fresh, real fast. Are you a believer in the retriever? The UMBC Sports Marketing Team is proud to support UMBC Athletics through marketing and promoting the UMBC Division I game day experience with giveaways, in-game entertainment, and much, much more. Tickets for Retriever action starts as low as $2. Follow UMBC Sports on Instagram at Retriever Believer and on Twitter at UMBC Sports Marketing for all your promotional updates of the Retrievers. For a complete schedule of UMBC Athletics, visit UMBCRetrievers.com. The UMBC Sports Marketing staff looks forward to seeing you as a Retriever Believer at the Games. At Smythe Jewelers, we celebrate how big love can be. When your love for her is so big that you can't even begin to describe it, there's only one thing to do. Take her to Smythe Jewelers, the biggest jewelry store on the East Coast. At Smythe, you'll find the biggest selection and the biggest savings. Because at Smythe, we work directly with the diamond cutters. So we can help you find a diamond that's as big as your love. And that's why Smythe is where Marilyn gets engaged. Smythe Jewelers in Timonium, Ellicott City, in Annapolis. Wrestling fans, it's time for Wrestle Crate. Wrestle Crate is a pro wrestling themed mystery package that appears in your mailbox every month with action figures, pop vinyls, DVDs, wrestling books, fat heads, and much, much more. Plans start at only $15 a month and every crate contains a t-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com or BarbershopWindow.com. Those t-shirts are $19.99 by themselves. Check them out at WrestleCrate.com and follow them on Twitter at WrestleCrates and search WrestleCrate on Facebook. Boxing fans, this is Jake the Snake Smith of Baltimore Boxing. Our next boxing event is going to be Turkey Day Eve. That's November 25th. That's a Wednesday at Michael's 8th Avenue in Glen Burnie, Maryland. We're going to knock the stuffing out of the other opponents that night. Website is BaltimoreBoxing.com. That's BaltimoreBoxing.com. You can get your tickets there or you can call 410-375-9175. Tickets are $25 in advance, 30 at the door, $35 for Reserved tickets, $350 for reserved tables, and $500 for VIP tables, and $50 for VIP seats. VIP comes with hors d'oeuvres an hour before the event starts. That's from 7 to 8. Turkey Day Eve is the biggest night out. What a better way to spend it by watching the stuffings getting knocked out. And ladies and gentlemen, Mike Dietrich was one of my favorite boxers that I had throughout the years who passed away. And every year, he used to do a canned food drive. So this is it. This is the Mike Dietrich canned food drive. So please bring a can of food to feed the homeless. Thank you. Viva la raza! Hey! 
third and final segment. It is jobbing out. Glenn Clark alongside Aaron Oster. Thanks again to our main event, AJ Francis, for checking in with us during segment number two to preview Survivor Series. Aaron Oster, the other thing going on at Survivor Series is we're going to crown a fantasy champion. Uh, yeah, we are. Yeah, we, we are. We and have, you know uh, who that person's going to be? Oh, it's going to be the crooked me. commission. Yeah. Well, me. Un- unless. I don't even know if you can make it up. It'll. Well, be... how many points do you get for Sh- if Sheamus wins the title? Let's find out here. It should be worth five thousand. I, I mean, I should, I should win the whole league forever. I should. We shouldn't even be able to do another season. Well, actually, yeah, it would be close. It would be about eighty points. But... What? Yeah. That's all you get for winning the title. You get fifty points for winning the title. You get thirty points for a pay-per-view win. What about for cashing in money in the bank? You don't get that stuff, something for that? I mean, that's winning the title. Oh, this is bullshit. You don't get extra Anybody points can for win a title. Anyone can win a title? Yes. This is, I, 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 your game, your game is fixed. <laughs> I don't blame Fantasizer. Fantasizer is great. I blame our commissioner. You can't blame me for being awesome and knowing to pick the awesome? new day. Nonsense. Yeah. I Nonsense. believe that we, you know you, what it is? I also had the best team name. So you, it was destined for you greatness. You lie, you cheat, you steal. That's, that's what's going that on. That is a good legacy right there. Yeah, well, I mean, for Eddie it is. We'll talk about him in a second. Um, you, you have been crooked this entire time. I have not you have been cheated crooked. cheated at every turn. I believed the in the power of positivity and it yeah. brought me wins. Yeah, did you though? Did you? It did. I did. I was the one who picked Kofi and Big E. You had your opportunity and you passed. I got Sheamus, knowing he was going to cash in, and nobody told me the game stopped counting at Survivor Series. First of all, found that out after the draft. I didn't even know when we were going to start. So fault that is yours. Commissioners. Yours. No, incorrect. I said, well, looky there, Sheamus is available. You know what I know? At some point in the next few months, Sheamus is going to become champion. Well, because he's Mr. Money in the Bank. Apparently, it's not going to be in the next few months, since if he doesn't cash in at Survivor Series, it would have been three he months might, or whatever, might, two okay, months. Well, cash it in at Survivor he Series. could. But the, but the point being, I had the foresight. And then I'm told, oh, it better happen within a specific amount of months. What, did you think it was going to be till May? I thought we'd play through WrestleMania. We are going to play through WrestleMania next season. Yeah, next. Yeah, ex- you know <laughs> go after yourself, crooked commission. Tell people about Fantasizer. Fantasizer is great. It's uh, awesome. It can lead to situations like this, where you want to strangle another person because you're not good enough to read the rules and or look no, at no, the, the waiver wire and or look at the waiver wire. Stop! You stop right now. See, I have you AJ. I have AJ complaining about. It's your fault. I have AJ complaining that he doesn't. I have AJ complaining he about how he doesn't. Commissioner, and he super kicked <laughs> The Rock in the ring on SmackDown during the title match against Triple H. I do Not remember that. Half as crooked as you are. Wow. Yeah. So AJ's complaining that he doesn't read the scoring system. You complain because that's you his didn't... fault. That's it. Fantasizer wrote out the scoring system. It's, it's dumb. It's dumb that winning <laughs> the WWE Championship only gets you 50 points. That's silly. But still, I I had the ability. I'm not complaining. It was on me. I didn't read that. And picking up players? 50 points. What? Picking up players. Just look at the site and pick up players. No. No. <laughs> no. No. Go ahead, Fantasizer. is great. Uh, they are really hyping their uh, MTV The Challenge League right now. So if you are into that, even if you're not into it, and maybe you were into it when The Miz 
and you're thinking, you know what, I just need another fantasy league in my life, MTV The Challenges has a pretty good fantasy system. It's already pretty much built in with ch- physical challenges, with crazy things. So you may want to just check out Fantasizer and sign up for that. I know I'm starting a league with some of my friends, so you should do the same thing. Check out Fantasizer.com. You really have a bunch of friends that want to do a league for the challenge? I have some. I have some. It's amazing to me. Well, you should stay there and stay out of being the commissioner of our league because you Fucked it up. Guess who's going to be commissioner next time? Uh, AJ? <laughs> it's the offseason. He could do it, right? Uh, possible. I mean, now that he's on Seattle, you never know. They might make That's a true. sudden run through the down That's NFC. That's a good point. All right. Um, let's let's uh, get into the uh, quick count. And we touch on three stories that we have not had an opportunity to touch on just yet. As always, number one, we let AJ take us off the reservation and let AJ. They let AJ? AJ wouldn't know about any of this stuff. But well, I don't know about it. Well, that. he might we know let some Aaron of it. take us off there the reservation. There we go. I am not AJ. It's what we get for having an AJ and an AO. You guys get confusing. But You're the ahead. only person who calls me AO. But anyways, uh, you know big what? announcement from I'll Ring do of what Honor. I want, crooked dick commissioner. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. We just went completely off the rails. No, you did. Uh, Ring of Honor, they made an announcement that some people were kind of expecting, but the timing of it and the quickness of it really, I think, caught some people off guard. They put out an announcement that their contract with Destination America ends at the end of this month, and they immediately will be going to a new channel, which is the Comet television channel. Whatever that is. It's apparently, the, uh, as described in the press release, the first ever 24-hour, seven-day-per-week science fiction multi-channel network. Um, I don't know what the deal is with I, th- wrestling is, and science fiction. Yeah. What, how they, that they keep ending up on the same programming. Well, look, but you know what the deal is. There's a lot of wrestling fans that are also into Star Trek. I mean... Oh, you on. know, it was like when we used to watch uh, Raw on... Was it Spike yet? Yeah, I guess it had uh, just It started on TNN. Right, right. And you always saw the commercials for the reruns of Star Trek The Next Generation yeah. during Raw. You know, same I mean, same there thing. Is, there is a fair amount of... Do you really I, think there's a fair amount of wrestling fair, Star Trek? I'm not saying that all wrestling fans like Star Trek or that all I mean, Star I'm, I'm, I'm a Star Trek and a wrestling fan, so I'm one of them, but I feel like it's few and far between, to be honest. Well, I, don't, I don't watch, like, Deep Space Nine. No, but I watch when, Next Generation. When, I don't really watch that either. But when uh, when that green girl was in that movie a couple years back, you're goddamn right I was watching that. Um, I, no, there is – look, whether you want to admit it or not, I, I, there is absolutely – technically Star Wars is sci-fi, right? There's a whole shit oh, yeah. of people that like both Star Wars and well, professionals. Well, sure. I don't it's know what – It's not surprising that there is a cross between those two things. Anyways, but yeah, they're jumping to Comet. They're not even going to bother dealing with Destination America up until the end, which leads to, I think, more questions about Destination America and TNA than anything else. This was, okay, you know, I think most people are still going to catch Dest- or Ring of Honor probably on Sinclair than on Comet, because I don't even know if I get Comet. Well, this, is, this is the big problem. The big problem with Comet is um, it's like uh, there's another network... So there's a, a boxer in Baltimore named Javante Davis who okay. is now Floyd Mayweather's protege. Okay. And um, he's he's becoming a very big deal. And his most recent fight was part of that uh, Premier Boxing Champion series, which has been outstanding. It's been wonderful. It's on okay. all the networks. This particular fight was on the Bounce Network. And immediately when we all heard that, we said, what the F is the Bounce Network? 
And when we found out, what it is is a network that exists on your digital subchannels. So the only way that you could get the bounce network is if you had a cable system that picked up the digital subchannels. For me, I have a satellite dish. So I did not have the ability to watch Gervonta Davis's fight on my television. I had to watch it online that particular night. And my understanding about uh, Comet is that it's very similar. Okay. That the Comet network exists on your digital subchannels. That um, you can find it. You know, you'll be able if you're if you want to find Ring of Honor, you're going to be able to find it. But you're going to find it. And I'm trying to pull up a list of affiliates. Unfortunately, I'm just not getting it. You can't go to channel 364 on your satellite dish and get it that way. Oh, yeah, it says you, it says watch Comet TV or WJLA channel 7.3. Exactly, third digital sub channel for channel seven in DC. And I don't know what it is in Baltimore, but that makes sense. WJLA is a Sinclair-owned station. I'm sure it's very similar in Baltimore. It's probably one of the digital sub channels of 45 or of 54 because they're the. Uh, oh, I didn't even realize station. that this it was tied to Sinclair. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, the Sinclair and MGM yeah. co-owned. Yeah, I, I see it in I see that little line in the press release so, right now. So that so, that makes sense. That's why it's on there. Yeah, well, but that that doesn't smell good to me. Uh, it, it helps Sinclair in trying to build Comet, right, right. and trying to make it something. Right. But it doesn't help wrestling fans, or it doesn't help Ring of Honor find a new audience. And no. so when I read this press release. I, and I haven't talked to anybody in Ring of Honor about it yet. You know, we'll, I'm sure when we have our next, we, we have Ring of Honor guys on all the time. The next time we have one on, I'm sure they will no doubt present it in a positive light and tell you why it's a good thing. But from, from afar, it smells like a setback for Ring of Honor to me. Yeah, what it smells like is something that people have been worried about Sinclair for pretty much since Sinclair's own is that Sinclair cares about more about Sinclair than Ring of Honor. Right. Which is, there to some extent, you know. They By the way, are... in Baltimore, it's the third digital subchannel of Channel 54. Okay, which makes sense because Channel 54 is what, their own. Exactly. is what Ring of Honor is on right now. Um, so, so great. So right. Yeah. The, the, the same channel that you could already see it on on the real channel. Now you could also see it on our digital subchannel. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's it's problematic to me, and I, what you're saying is exactly what I think this is, which is a case of we are going to help ourselves. And this is good for us in trying to build our brand, but it doesn't really help Ring of Honor in much of any way. And that's that's a bummer. Um, this is the problem with having a media company own the wrestling um, business. They, they, they don't have the obligation to give it its best possible um, uh, presentation on on TV. That that's not the obligation. The obligation for us is to to use it for us. And Sinclair, for whatever reason, is invested. Look, there's more and more of these digital subchannel networks that are popping up. I mean, they're, they're, this is a real thing that's happening. It's just not a world for me. I don't get it. I don't understand it, in part because I can't get these channels. Um, it might be that they offer tremendous programming on the Bounce Network and on Comet TV and all these places. I can't watch it because I don't get subchannels. They're not available for me on a satellite dish. So if you immediately eliminate the people that it's not available to because they've cut the cord on cable to begin with, and then eliminate on top of that all the people that have a satellite dish, what is even your potential audience at this point? And, for, and what potential? What of that potential audience didn't already get it somewhere else? Correct. Like the one so, thing Destination America did was put it in a few big cities that Sinclair didn't reach. Correct. So, well, and on on top of that, it gave it a place where anyone could find it, right? Correct. That you didn't have to. 
it wasn't check your local listings to see what time Ring of Honor is going to run on your, you know, on. Well, yes. no, th- this is still that. This is it's not syndicated here. It's going to be Wednesday midnight on the. Right. That's what I'm. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, it was a network that you could turn oh, to that right. you yes. had on your yes. television yes. that you knew, no matter where you were in the world, whether you were at home or whether you were at your, you know, grandmother's house visiting for Thanksgiving, or whether you were, you know, on vacation in Miami. If you wanted to watch Ring of Honor, you knew that you could turn on Destination America at 11 o'clock, or it's first at 8 o'clock, then later right. at 11 o'clock, on, on Wednesday night and watch it. Now you're going right back to the same thing. Maybe you'll be able to watch it. If, if you go away next week to someone else's, to, your, to visit your family, to visit your friends for Thanksgiving, you might be able to, well, I guess next week it's still technically on, uh, right. destination. It's still America, on so through the 26th. But, but yes, think about it yes. for the next holiday that comes up in, in December. You know, you go to visit someone, you may be able to watch Ring of Honor, you may not be able to watch Ring of Honor. Yep. And that's the problem. That's the issue that faces Ring of Honor right now because they're owned by a media entity that is concerned about what's best for them, not necessarily what's best for Ring of Honor. I think the only other question in this is, did Sinclair at all try to shop Ring of Honor and to get them on a non Why would they? To make more money. If someone might have offered them more money. Because that, that's the whole reason why they were on Destination America. I assume that's one of the big reasons they were on Destination America in the first place is because they were paid enough to... Because otherwise, why weren't they on another Sinclair channel in the first place well because they might not have had a good fit for them yet you know like they, they might have been in a business i don't know how long how long has comet existed uh it's it's new yeah so they might not have felt it's that possible they had a fit. but it's also possible that destination america we we don't know the exact specifics and i can't imagine that somebody's paying out top dollar to land ring of honor well and and that's the question for tna is there anybody for tna if sinclair if ring of honor ends up on another sinclair you know we hear rumors that you know TNA might be involved with WGN. That's the big one. And then there's right. another really, um, I can't even remember what the latest rumor is. It's some really weird network that has. Yeah, by the way, Comet just launched on October 31st. So it was not an option for Sinclair to do this when they took the Destination America deal. So just keep that in mind. Uh, Pop TV is the other. What the uh, heck channel is that apparently is involved with TNA. It's it's the former TV Guide channel. Oh really? Because obviously the TV Guide channel yeah, isn't necessary anymore, anymore with the guide right. up there, so they turned that into Pop TV. So that's um, apparently the other channel that might be involved with TNA. But Pop TV looks way more like you know E. Like I don't know if that's a really great place or. Uh, TNA to end up, but well, it, any place. Enough, I was going to say any place. TNA is just hoping they find they a place at this days point. Days of our lives, weeknights at eight o'clock on Pop TV, and that's where they're going to have TNA. That'd be. Gr- I mean, it's a soap opera. All right, fine. That's a that's a reach, but I hear you. What do you mean wrestling is a soap opera? It, is a it reach? is a soap opera, but it's clearly a soap opera. <laughs> I know. I know. Different. I know. I know. Um, next, let's come back to uh, to the real world for a second. Sort of. Um, <laughs> yeah, sort of. That's a great point. I want to talk about, so I, I, Aaron, I let you have yours. I want to talk about what happened on Monday night between Kevin Owens and Melissa Joan Hart because it is pure magic for me. 
Um, first of all, I'm of the perfect age that Melissa Joan Hart matters a shit. Oh, of course, me too. Clarissa Explains It All was one of my favorite shows, girl. You know, when well, I was and younger. even uh, because seeing the Sabrina the Teenage Witch, was I wasn't on the a same huge night. Sabrina. Well, person. you got to understand, anything that was on the same night as Boy Meets World, I was going to be watching because Fair Boy enough. Meets World was the most important show they, on television. They even did the crossover between ab- Sabrina ab- and Boy Meets World. Absolutely did. Oh, and also don't forget that former Baltimore Oriole Brady Anderson was also once a guest star in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I did not remember that one. No, of course you didn't. But in the Glenn Clark household, it was a big night of television. Um, so I loved it. I loved her taking it. She's a big wrestling fan to begin with. Yep. Like she watches on Monday night. She tweets about it. And she just happens to send this tweet out about Kevin Owens being a lazy wrestler, which, uh, you know, there might be some logic to, and that may or may not be part of his character, right? Like, it's easy to say that because Kevin Owens is fat. That you, I was you going to say, I think wrestler. I think he almost looks like it, but I wouldn't call him lazy. I would disagree. I don't think he's lazy, but I do think at times, as part of his character development... He looks nonchalant. Exactly. He can act a bit lazier. Um, so, whatever it is, who cares? It's, it's, a, it's a nonsense right. statement made by Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Kevin Owens brilliantly... Goes in on Twitter. Now, what makes this so key, because as I told you at the start of today's show, if it all happens on social media, you might never recognize it. Having Michael Cole reference it during the broadcast is perfect. Perfect. And something that they should be doing far more often. Because this, at the heart of this, who really cares about what's going on between Melissa Joan Hart and Kevin Owens on Twitter? But as soon as it becomes part of your programming, now it matters. Now it matters. And while there, the overwhelming majority of wrestling fans probably don't give a shit about Melissa Joan Hart, just enough might. And it's so beautifully random and so perfect for there to be a feud between Kevin effing Owens and Melissa Joan Hart that you only hope it doesn't end here. Like, that's the bummer about if Kevin Owens blocked her and if she's really bothered by it or whatever. Like, th- th- this wasn't prepared, that this wasn't part of the programming, is there's the danger that you never get anything more out of it, that it was just one thing that was contained in one night and never happens again. But if the WWE is smart, they want Melissa Joan Hart going in on Kevin Owens. They want this shit to continue. Because if you're going to throw yourself behind Stephen Amell, you might as well throw yourself behind Melissa Joan Hart. Well, Stephen Amell's like, a little more relevant than Melissa Joan Hart right he now. Is. To everybody. What's Melissa Joan Hart doing right now? She's done reality shows that have been successful. She's been on the Disney Channel or the ABC. Recently? Or whatever. Yes, absolutely. Okay, I, I had no idea. Yeah, of course but, you don't. That's my point. You understand... You are convinced that what you like matters the most. No, I don't convince. No, I know nothing about Stephen Amell at all. I don't know dick about him. He could walk into this room tomorrow, and it would be as relevant as your uncle walking into the room. I don't know a thing about him, and I'm way more in the Stephen Amell demographic than I am in the Melissa Joan Hart demographic. You downplay this. Stephen Amell is not significantly more relevant than Melissa Joan Hart is. He's he's. You know, he fits a better demographic of what we imagine a wrestling fan to be. But Melissa Joan Hart gets them what they want, which is people that might not otherwise know anything about wrestling that suddenly think about it because Melissa Joan Hart is involved. I'm just offended with Stephen Amell here for a second. He does have 500,000 more followers on Twitter than Melissa Joan Hart. Oh, my God. Fine. <laughs> oh, maybe he's been on Twitter longer. I have no clue <laughs> if that matters at 
Anyway, I, I think the the funnier thing about this, as much as it, just if we're looking at it from a funny perspective, and I agree with you, it would be great if they really picked this up and paid it off even, you know, had her show up randomly on a Raw just down the line. It doesn't even have to be anytime soon. Just at some point pay it off. It's just the way that the wrestlers reacted to it, the other wrestlers. You had a bunch of people, you know, they started the hashtag I stand with Kevin, which was See, great. That's that's a mistake. You that, think that's a mistake? That's a mistake. You you got to continue your face versus heel thing, right? Like, Kevin Owens is a heel. He's well, a, but the other heels were the ones who did it. Like, Big okay. E, I think, was one of the people who okay, did it. Okay, all right. If, it, if it's your heels that did it, I'm I'm okay with that. But Kevin Owens isn't supposed to be someone who needs support, right? Like, his character is not a guy that's supposed to need other wrestlers to step in for him, right? Like, he's supposed to be kind of a lone wolf type. So, I I don't... I don't, I don't know that I like the I stand with Kevin. I think it's funny, and I like that anything that Big E does, obviously. Yeah. But it, I do think that once this happens, WWE, they're very, they are very careful about a lot of things they do, and I think that's one thing they should be careful with, which is Kevin Owens is supposed to fight his own fights. Yeah. That's part of his deal. This isn't supposed to be the WWE versus Melissa Joan Hart. If you're going to do something with it, it's got to be Kevin Owens versus Melissa Joan Hart, and then whatever you know, face wrestler you want to throw in to represent Melissa Joan Hart if you're going to do it the right way, which I, I have no beef with at all and think is great if you do it. You want to make it a mixed tag of some sort. Give Melissa no, you Joan can't, Hart. You can't put Melissa Joan Well, you say that, they put Snooki in a match. <laughs> I was about to say, I, I say that, yeah, you're right. You're right. They, if, if, if right now they approach Melissa Joan Hart and said, we have an idea for WrestleMania, Kevin Owens and Paige versus, you know, you and, and or it probably wouldn't be Paige. See, the, it's too the, much of a credible I was going to say, the, the problem with this is that it goes so, uh, it doesn't go completely against Kevin Owens' character to do this. You've got to be careful Twitter. with it because it almost yeah. becomes too silly. Exactly. That's the thing. You can't put Kevin Owens and Melissa Joan Hart in the ring together. I, I, you can I, you can have her accompany somebody to the ring, maybe. Right, right. But okay. you can't you it's, can't. It's more viable that way. I yeah, Ke- Kevin Owens, just his character himself, would refuse to step in the ring if Melissa Joan right. Hart was. No, no, I understand. Involved. I understand what you're saying, but she could end up being. So Gold, Goldust can... stands with Melissa, so maybe you have Goldust well, return in well, Melissa. The most logical thing would be Dolph Ziggler, right? Like right. he's always had a blonde with him at all times, right? <laughs> like. Well, except when it was AJ, then it wasn't a blonde. Right, she wasn't blonde. Yeah, that's a good point. But I mean, the, he would be he would be the perfect fodder for this, right? That he's the that rescues the damsel in distress, and uh, he's he's perfect. It, this is a perfect other than it makes more terrible face. Oh, I don't stuff. want to have to do a relationship <laughs> angle. No, 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 no. Not a, I'm not talking. I'm not. I'm not even talking. I'm just saying more. Dolph being kind of awkward as a face. I don't, okay, <laughs> fine, but I think that if you're getting out of that Dolph Ziggler versus Kevin Owens at WrestleMania, I'm fine yeah, with that. Yeah, Do- Dolph Ziggler, Kevin Owens for the IC title at WrestleMania certainly wouldn't yeah. suck. I'm good with that, and if you can involve Melissa Joan Hart and make what you want to make out of it, I'm all on board. All right, let's get to number three, um, because we've allowed ourselves to go too long with these. We really no, have. Uh, we always do this. It's our fault. Number three. Um, you mentioned something about this over the weekend. It was literally not something that I had thought about at all because I I really thought that there was a, a next to zero chance of Ronda Rousey being involved in WrestleMania this year. But there was certainly, I think, a hope that she would be involved in WrestleMania this year um, after the result of her getting knocked out by Holly Holm in Australia over the weekend. What does that do for her chances of participating at WrestleMania? You know... 
it was strange because people took her loss in a completely different way than I expected expected the fan base to, and that I expect UFC to view it. Because everyone said, you know, Ronda Rousey got knocked out. That means she's done, and basically say like she's no longer a cash cow for UFC. UFC is just going to kind of let her go on her way. When in my mind, this is the exact opposite. I think if she had won and taken a short break or whatever, like she had been talking about, there was a slight, not a great chance, a slight chance she shows up at 32. Now there's absolutely no chance she shows up at 32. Well, let's hang on a second though. Let's just for the sake of this mention that she received a six-month suspension from the UFC. Wait, what? Yep. Um, Wait, when did this, this come out? It's a medical suspension. This happens all the time in the UFC based on uh, the result of your fight. You get medical suspensions. And at first, any any knockout it's in the 60 UFC... 60 days. 60 days, not six months. Uh, I'm pretty sure that we saw today it was going to e- be longer. Eon Line, granted it's Eon Line... Uh, Ronda Rousey gets lengthy medical suspension, not allowed to... No, I'm I'm right about this, and stop trying to tell me that I'm wrong. Ronda Rousey and Joanna Jedrzejczyk, I don't know how to pronounce that name, issued six-month medical suspensions after UFC 193 from FoxSports.com. Both strawweight champion Joanna, whatever her name is, and former bantamweight champion Ronda Rousey were issued six-month medical suspensions by the UFC after their fights at UFC 193 due to the extent of their injuries. The medical suspensions usually are handled by state athletic commissions regulating the fights and not made public. However, for last week's fight card in Australia, the UFC regulated itself in the absence of a commission and released a full list of medical suspensions to MixedMartialArts.com. Okay, I'm, I'm looking at the thing now, and I'm seeing two. I'm looking at MixedMartialArts.com. I'm yes. seeing one saying 60 days no fight, 45 days no contact, and right. 180 days or cleared. So it seems like it could be 180 days, but if she gets cleared beforehand, she can wrestle. Or um, she can compete, excuse me. That, that's what it says. It says 180 days or cleared by negative head CT scan. Uh, okay. I mean, that's, I, 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 sure, I don't know the details of that. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know enough to understand. I've Any, never... Anyways, anyways, it doesn't change my argument here in that this home, the, Presumably, if we're assuming that it's going to happen sometime next year, you know, probably the second half of next year, the Rousey home fight becomes quite possibly the biggest fight in the history of UFC of as course. far as buy rates. Yes. So because Rousey, you know, A, doesn't want to take take the image that she's okay with the loss and can just go do other things, B, right. I think UFC would be much more protective of her doing anything else in that time period. I think there's less of a chance now that she shows up at 32 well, I think, than I think the before. question was always going to be, what was it that you think that she was going to do? And if you think that she was going to compete in a match, no. I, I think oh, there's yes. zero chance that right. she's going to compete in a match at WrestleMania. Yeah. If you thought that she was going to show back up... Oh, well, sure, you know, she could do that. She could, she she could, could absolutely do that either still way. show back up and sure. do something. But if what you're talking about is specifically competing in a match, no. I don't think there's a chance in hell. But in fairness, I didn't really think there was a good chance that she I was... I thought there was a slight chance before, and now I think there's absolutely no chance i've always thought that this was this was you laid an egg here and unfortunately everyone's going to have to be patient about when that egg hatches because even if she had beaten holly home um it didn't really make a ton of logical sense the ufc has a cash cow on their hands and ronda rousey why would they have wanted her to just go compete in a match and run the risk of getting hurt 
I mean, wait, what what about that makes well, any sense whatsoever? Here, here's the thing. There was talk that if she had won it, she might have taken a little bit more time off. Yeah, I heard that as well, but still. And I, I think that she will take less time off because of the Well, I don't loss. think she's going to. I think. But you have her. I guess you could have her compete again in July and then set her up for. I don't think she's going to have. Oh, I think she has the rematch right away. No, I think that you have to do one other fight. I think. I think think Home does one other fight. I think Home fights in the spring, and then Rousey is right there in the late summer. Well, if they do it, they would do it. Their their big weekend for a fight is in July. It's around July fourth. That's that's their big. That's their two big cards for the year. So you do it then. Yeah. I I think you have home wrestle in, you know, March or something, and then you set up that for July. Um, yeah, maybe. I think you're running a little bit of a risk, um, health wise with Rhonda, making sure that she's okay. I guess you could, if you know in February that she's good to go, then you could still promote a match for July. Right. Obviously, I guess that gives her, I guess that gives her enough time to prepare for it. And that would make sense. I, I just never thought it was going to happen, truth be told. So I, I, I don't Well, think but here, the, the point is, people are now taking it as she lost, oh, she can go to WWE now, when I think that's completely wrong. Um. Like, when, when it, one of the, you know, so many, I saw so many comments on Twitter, oh, well, it's okay, Rhonda, you have a home in WWE now. Right. Eh, I think it's less likely she shows up in the immediate future. And now, if she loses again to home, might be more likely that she shows up at 33 than. She oh would uh, yeah, I don't before. think she's running away. Yeah, I think that's yeah. that's insane. I mean, I, I just yeah. think it's nuts that anybody would think that she would just run away. Um, I also don't know what the status of her contract is in the UFC. And... I feel like there weren't that many fights left on it. Okay, all right. I mean, that's interesting, but it, she's not going to try to back out of it because no. of this. And and. It, and it's I, huge for the UFC. Anyone saying no, otherwise is no, crazy. Oh, this is if so much bigger. Than the her. the rematch is going to be probably. The truth is, the first fight wasn't a big deal because until everyone she lost. Right, exactly. Because we just assumed that and, she was going to And you know what? It wasn't a big deal. Does. And I I haven't seen the official numbers yet, but I know it was tracking to be possibly a top five buy rate ever for UFC. And that was without the, the big hype. I, I think the numbers came out being a little bit disappointing, but w- whatever. The it point was still being, a pretty big fight for something. Well, because it's Ronda Rousey, because right. she's a huge draw. But now, now you have Ronda Rousey in an actual feud, so you have the rematch and possible rubber match, and yeah. that's huge no for UFC. All right, let's get into our top five for the week. Uh, Aaron, you pointed out to me that there was uh, we we just we just passed correct the tenth anniversary of the passing of Eddie Guerrero. Yes, it was on uh, Friday. Was the tenth anniversary? And there was a tweet from one Sami Zayn. Do you have that? Yes, I do. Uh, Sami Zayn tweeted. Obviously, almost every wrestler put out something about Eddie because. Everyone loves Eddie. Uh, he was right. so important to so many people's career. But Sammy said, Eddie Guerrero was, in my opinion, the most complete pro wrestler of all time. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting. That's that's from Sammy Zayn. It got Aaron to thinking about this concept of most complete wrestlers or five-tool wrestlers, if you will. We've heard this thrown out before. It's a baseball term, this five-tool concept because you're good at everything in baseball it's hitting for power hitting for contact playing uh being able to catch the ball being able to throw the ball and being able to run the bases in professional wrestling the concept of a five tool wrestler a five tool player would be that you have true wrestling ability you have good mic skills you have great charisma you have a look and then you have the ability to sort of perform in any capacity as a face as a heel whatever it is that you're asked to do so uh, we got to thinking about the great five-tool wrestlers of all kind, time, and that's our top five 
We'll rank them from five to one. Aaron, I'm going to start with my number five. I initially, when you tossed out the subject, thought he was going to be higher on my list, but I just couldn't justify him over some of the other names. And unfortunately, the the one thing about it is I feel like we're we're sort of doing this is synonymous with who the greatest wrestlers are of all time. Uh, I don't completely put it as the greatest, but I think a lot of them will be I think some of the I think greatest. I think it's pretty synonymous. But anyway, my 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 number five is CM Punk. Who uh, he, he was on my honorable mention list. Yeah, I, look, there are guys you can make an argument for. By the way, Eddie Guerrero is not on my list. Um, Eddie Guerrero is on my list. Yeah, and would have re- been on my list before this tweet. With, go ahead. With, with all due respect to Eddie, I don't really think he had the look. I don't think he was a five-tool wrestler. I think one of the great things about Eddie, and, and it's sort of the reason why I couldn't put Daniel Bryan on this list, well, is Daniel that Daniel Bryan wasn't nearly the mic worker as the top five guys of all time. Need to I be. agree, but again, if you're going to be five tools, I don't think Eddie has the look. I think he all was right. a guy that had to overcome that a little bit. Um, but CM Punk had everything. He absolutely fit uh, every bill uh, here. Unfortunately, we just didn't get as much of him as we possibly would have wanted. So CM Punk's my number five. Yeah, he was on my honorable mention, and it's funny. The first four, like the Mount Rushmore, if you will, I -hmm. found really easy to do. I thought the first four were very simple. I think there is a very clear top four. Here's my problem with that, man, is that I think there's a couple of guys that... Well, obviously, we're going to disagree because I have Eddie in my top four. Well, right, but I also think there's a couple that you're going to be nitpicky about whether or not they fit in certain... Well, they're... Yeah, you're right, you're right. And that's my problem. My problem is... You know, like, I don't really think that Triple H did a great job of going from face to heel. Nope, I think and I don't have Triple H even right. on my honorable mention. But I think if you ask people about great five-tool wrestlers, there'd be some that would mention Triple H. But I I don't think he could perform in any capacity. I don't think he was a good face. Fair um, so, anyway, go ahead. You're number five. My number five, I went back and forth between, I think, three or four different people on this one. And I decided uh, the Macho Man, Randy Savage, was on my number five. He does the face. He yeah, does sure. the heel. He can wrestle. Yep. You know, he's part of one of the greatest matches of all time. He can obviously talk. He has the look. He has the star power. He had it all. Uh, I, I considered CM Punk. I considered Stone Cold. I considered Chris Jericho. Uh, but Macho Man, at the end... Ended up at number five for me. Well, Chris Jericho is my number four. I didn't have Macho Man on my list either, but absolutely somebody who's deserving of being on the list. And I, I, the interesting thing for me is this probably falls more into um, what I cared about, and I I witnessed it with Chris Jericho night in and night out. Um, whereas Macho Man was was more his greatness was at a time where I wasn't as much of a professional wrestling fan. So this is selfish, I'll admit that, yep. but Jericho is my number four, and I left Macho Man just off the list. I mean, you know, Jericho, like I said, I, he was basically my sixth person, so well, I have no everything. problem. I mean, there's, there's no, there's no right. holes to poke in whether or not Chris Jericho was a five-tool wrestler. Right. Yeah, you know, no. we're, we're, we have to be very nitpicky if we're picking the five most complete right. wrestlers of all time. Right. So, yeah. Uh, my number four, and you're going to yell at me, is Kurt Angle. Uh, I mean, you're insane. I'm not insane, because the three guys I have ahead of him are better. No, they're not. Yes, they are. (laughs) Yes, they are. No one was better at anything than Kurt Angle. What do you mean no one was better at anything? Kurt Angle was the best in every single one of all five of these tools. (laughs) Oh, come on. Kurt Angle is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of professional wrestling. No, he's not. Yes, he is. (laughs) No, he's not. All of you that don't recognize it are Kurt Angle was phenomenal. I have him as number four. But to say he was the best at everything that ever has to do with wrestling is completely insane. Everything he did was better than everything else that everyone else did. And we just don't admit it. But hold on, hold on, hold on. I I actually, I want to, you know, I'm not, Pokeballs, Kurt Angle was great. I have him as number four. Do you think he had the greatest match of all time? Or any of the greatest matches of all time? 
Um, do you think he had any? Of the, the the one thing that really kept me from Kurt Angle, and I was kind of you know, again, we're nitpicking here, is that Kurt Angle, as great as he was, as great as every segment he was, he didn't. It's not that he didn't do any of these things. Right it's not that he didn't do any of these things. I just, I don't know if he was quite as good at selling a feud as some of the guys I have above him. I, I think if that, I'm, if I'm, if he, and I'm nitpicking, I'm very much nitpicking. You're saying the guy that drove a Zamboni out and showered, or a milk truck out and showered everyone. That was a segment. Milk. He did a great it segment. As it was part of selling a feud. I think that some of these other guys did segments better. My number three, I continue this conversation with you. My number three is Shawn Michaels. If there was one that yep. I would consider moving off, it would be, again, I would come back to the look with Shawn Michaels. He's clearly very good looking, but he's See, undersized. The, the, the funny thing is, is you put a lot of emphasis on the look. I almost didn't take into that into account. I said all because, five tools, and that's well, but, one of the five tools. Mm, but I think, um, you could argue what the five tools. Some people don't believe that baseball those are the specific five tools. Some would well, argue that. What else is there? Being good at the stupid unknown uh, or the unknown. Exactly. Rules. You know. Um, no, I mean there, there's things. Uh, you know, I. Uh, you know, having a good eye at the plate. Some people yeah. would say that that would be the fifth tool instead of one of these. Or, you know, there are various factors as far as the that you what you said were the typical ones. I think there are other factors. Um, Connecting with the audience, character psychology that some people would put well, look, ahead I'm of not, look. I'm not knocking Shawn Michaels. Right. That's no, not, I mean, I have him not, on my I list, just too. I just put but, a number three on my list. Okay. But mainly because of his look, and that's why you don't have him a little higher. Who's your number three? My number three is Ric Flair. Okay. Num- my number two is Ric Flair. Okay. I mean, obviously, Ric Flair could do it all. He could wrestle. He could talk. He had the look. He had everything. He is... I think he's the greatest professional wrestler of all time. I just don't think he's quite as complete as the other ones. Well, he's the greatest professional wrestler not named Kurt Angle of all time. Well, I think he's the greatest professional wrestler of all time. I, I, I appreciate what you're saying, but again, you're, you're missing the guy that's number one, and who I, obviously is number one on my list, who is Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle is the greatest professional wrestler of all time, and then Ric Flair is number two. Um, but we aren't doing the greatest. We're talking about the most complete, and which is why, and, you know what, I thought about it. I agree with Sami Zayn. One of the things that I oh, didn't quite, hold oh. on, one thing that Eddie could do better than Kurt Angle could do, Better than Ric Flair could do. Better than Shawn Michaels could do. Better than Chris Jericho, Macho Man, any of these. Is that, and, and part of it was because he was put in this position more than any of these other guys. He could make a terrible storyline compelling. Kurt Angle, for all he did, had storylines where we were like, what the fuck is that? And, and uh-huh. even Kurt Angle's role in it. You know, the the whole Charmel thing where he was kind of weird and almost like, you know, he brought up bestiality a few times and stuff. Like, Eddie Guerrero was in the position to be have feuds that are remembered like that, but because of his role in it, stuff like the Dominic Saga, as bad as the Dominic Saga was on paper, it was terrible on paper, he made it compelling. I disagree with that. And he did that that better than anybody else on the list. I, I disagree. It was unwatchable. It was, he, he couldn't save that. It was no, unwatchable. No, he, he absolutely saved it. You're wrong about that. No. No, you were was, just taking the, the so... on-paper premise of no, it. No, no, no. And... I'm not taking the on-paper premise. I'm telling you that Eddie Guerrero was a good wrestler, and I I'm, I don't know that Eddie Guerrero would be in my top ten on this list. And I, I'm going to say crazy. this. I think that a lot of us get caught up in a lot of emotions when someone passes too soon, nope. and we end up 
remembering them far more fondly than perhaps if they had continued, we would have ended up remembering them. Eddie Guerrero was a good wrestler, and he's... Eddie you know, Guerrero that, constantly made lemonade, you know, going back to what we said at the beginning of the show, he constantly made lemonade out of lemons. Constantly. Uh, I mean, uh, fine. When was he ever the most compelling thing on the card? The, uh, his promos were consistently, the mo- or very consistently, I think, the most compelling thing on the card. I, it, I would wait for a Eddie Guerrero segment. I enjoyed Eddie Now, was he the biggest star? No. Which is why I would say, for example, Ric Flair is the, you know, the better professional wrestler or the bigger professional wrestler. But if we're talking about who is the most complete player here, not who's the biggest star, but who's I the think better Eddie professional wrestler. I did a wrestler. lot of things really well. I think he was a good performer. I think considering I think he was excellent the most at everything. wrestler, I, I, again, he, mm, I, everything I say ends up coming off insensitive because we're talking about a guy that died too young. No, but, I, I think you can say, you know, we're no, 10 I years think past it. it clearly has clouded the judgment I of disagree. Eddie Guerrero. I think, I think if you look before Eddie died, if you look back at 2005, 2006, I think you will find people, not quite as many people, but I think you will find people who are saying this. Uh, I don't think this. I, I think, think that, there are people that spoke of Eddie Guerrero as a very good wrestler. I think there I think are the people. The notion who, that Eddie Guerrero was the greatest wrestler again, of all time. Again, it's not. Is the, not the, but that's not the question. Existed. The question or, is or not the who's the greatest. The most complete. It's very different. It's very different. Two different things. If, Vladimir if Guerrero. Say, Vladimir Guerrero is not the greatest baseball player of our generation. He might have been the most complete baseball no. player of our generation. No, he wasn't. Yeah. Are you kidding me? No, he did a lot of things unbelievably well. He did a lot of things unbelievably well. But yeah. to say he was the most, he couldn't run the bases. He's not the most complete baseball player. There was something that was very glaring that didn't. But, met. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He had a number of stolen bases in his career. To say Rick he couldn't Henderson was the most complete baseball player of our generation. Who? Ricky Henderson was. Period. Now, all that being said, all that being said, I like Eddie Guerrero, and I I think. Um, that when when you when you reflect on someone and the tenth anniversary of their passing, um, you do have a tendency to get caught up in it a bit more. And so I'm I just trying to be careful about this. There's nothing wrong to me with saying Eddie Guerrero was a good wrestler and maybe even not fully appreciated for how good of a wrestler he was. My argument about Eddie Guerrero, if I was if I was making one about his career, is that I don't know when we were watching him sort of toil with some of the crap that he had to toil with on SmackDown, that we fully appreciated that he was truly a very good wrestler. But to consider him, you know, the, the most complete wrestler of all time, I I, I can't even I like I and I mean this he wouldn't even be in my conversation. Only because he wasn't put in that title picture. He wasn't put in the main picture. Well, he was picture. put in the title picture. At the very end of his run. At the very end of his run, he was put in the title picture. Wait. After years and years of being at the bottom of the card. And by the way, Vladimir Guerrero absolutely could run the bases. He stole 40 bases in 2002. Oh, he had one year where he stole bases. The year before, he stole 37. Fine, he had two years. He the beginning of his the career, base. he was... At the beginning of his career, he was a better base runner, fine. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not talking about the end of his career. I'm talking about, you know, 2001-2002, those two seasons, as, he might have been the most complete player I've ever seen. Um, I, well, whatever, we'll have that going. Yeah, I, I, you know, yeah we'll, we'll have it off the air, but that's my point, is that, you know, star power, well, you could argue star power is an important part of being a complete wrestler. I do think it I, is. I think if Eddie Guerrero was put in the main event for longer of his career, 
uh, he'd be, you wouldn't have any problem saying he's in the top five. Uh, I, I, I keep coming back to, I think you're, now look, I, I know that Eddie Guerrero is important and I, everything that I say here is going to make it sound like I'm, I think to suggest that Eddie Guerrero was in the top 20 is a statement. I think that, that it's a, it's a statement to say that. I think I'm, I'm saying something that a lot of people will be like, really? Wow. I think to suggest that he was the best is is simply getting caught up in the reflection on the most complete, most, most complete, whatever you want to call it. No, I, not not just the anniversary. I've been thinking this for years now that yeah. he was the most complete. All right, um, let's let's thank uh, uh, Fantasizer. Let's thank WrestleCrate more importantly for making our show happen each and every week. Go to WrestleCrate.com right now and get signed up. For your monthly subscription, that you can get a care package sent right to your door with wonderful professional wrestling goodies, whether they be action figures, or they be DVDs, they be T-shirts, whatever it is, you're going to get something that you love every month right at your doorstep. WrestleCrate.com packages start at just fifteen dollars a month. You can take ten percent off by using the code JO Sent Me. Aaron, the show's Twitter account is what? Dropping out show. And the Gmail account is? Jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. Your Twitter is? D.A. Oster. And what do you have coming up at uh, the Baltimore Sun and at Rolling Stone? I think I'm going to have a more kind of structured preview. I think we went a little bit off the rails in our preview with AJ there. So I'll, I'll have something being able just to kind of write down all my thoughts about Survivor Series and beyond. So I'll have that for the Baltimore Sun this weekend. Uh, very good. I am on Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio. You can go to glennclarkradio.com to find out more about what I do. For Aaron, for our main event, AJ Francis of the Seattle Seahawks, I'm Glenn signing off. Have a great week. This has been Jobbing Out.